Ken Show with Ken Kidney. Good morning, good evening, good night, and welcome to a brand new edition of The Weekend Show. You'd be happy to know that I am joined, as always, by my sporting co-host, Garrett. I noticed, I noticed in the script, sporting is in inverted commas. Yes. You're saying it ironically, are you, Ken? I mean, Garrett, I watch the Olympics and I see like the epitome of athleticism and achievement, and you're not any of that. So... <laughs> oh... I've been thinking lately, it's like, what's like the least like athletic sport I can do and still go to the Olympics? So I was like watching all the Olympics to see if I could like become an Olympian someday. What could you get away with? Yeah. I don't like equestrian maybe? Yeah. Because that requires at least the least like physicality on your part. Yeah, the horse does all the work in that one. Yeah. I, I do like the horse dancing. The horse dancing is funny. There is shooting, but I have a moral objection to that. Yeah. Guns. Yeah. You know what I thought was ironic? That uh, uh, the USA's first medal in the Games uh, came in shooting. That seems fair. Uh, They got gold in shooting, and the girl who won it is 17 years old. That seems rather unsettling. It's a little bit unsettling, to say the least. What about archery, huh? I think archery is cool. Yeah. Mostly because I watched Lord of the Rings at an impressionable age, and Legolas was cool. So I'm like, archery, that's the one. I've been thinking about taking it up to see if I become like some kind of genius at it so i can go to the olympics i was saying this on podcast today today that i'm i'm insisting that there is an olympic sport i'm really good at i just don't know i'm really good at because i've tried I, I haven't tried it yet yeah but it's out there can or i'm just terrible at everything and that's just what i'm telling myself to make myself feel good about myself but still i'm a little afraid of what will happen if i get unleashed with a bow and arrow yeah i don't trust you with with like anything you did say when I got my provisional license recently uh, to drive cars that uh, you would not trust me behind the wheel of a vehicle. No, you're kind of aloof. You're in your own world, Ken. Yeah. Yeah. I- I'm hoping the-, the sheer terror of killing myself and everyone else around me will, will keep me on the straight and narrow. <laughs> Hopefully. Irish lads won this morning, Ken. Irish people won in a medal. Uh, I was beginning to fear that we would go medalless, but we're not going to. Especially because usually our-, our great hopes are in boxing. And our boxers are dropping like flies. But uh, Billy Walsh, who was our coach for many years and led us to a lot of success, got shafted on pay and quit. So, Understandably. Yeah. If you want to get someone good, pay them. He went off to the US to, to make his fortune and uh, good luck to him. Yeah. Uh, there's still some boxers in there that probably probably have a very good chance. Katie Taylor should medal. Yeah. I know it. she's getting old, so her, her dominance of boxing is, is waning a tad. She has been losing a bit recently. Yeah, but the, the, it would be a very disappointing Olympics for her for to not at least medal. Yeah. Uh, Donnelly, he seems to be very... Uh, I don't know much about him. Because like, <laughs> like, you get all these Irish boxers, and they're always like from two categories, especially the male ones. They're like from Northern Ireland or from the traveling community. Yep. Northern Irish people and travellers are very good at punching people. They are, indeed. It, um, it's rather fitting of like Irish societies that our best Olympic sport is boxing, though. I'm not I'm not so good at punching people. It, it hurts me to punch them. I don't, I don't think that's the object. I think you're supposed to hurt them. Yeah, ideally you don't want to be punched. The aim yeah. of boxing is, is just as much to not get punched as it is to punch the other person. Have you noticed that they did away with the headgear now? And they've done away with the scoring system. Yeah. You know, where the, the, they used to have three judges who used to push a button on, like, certain strikes. Yeah. And if they all push it at the same time or within a, a second of each other or whatever, they got points. Yeah. Now they've gone to our more traditional kind of uh, professional 10-9 kind of system. 
Yeah, I don't like it. No, I don't. I like the idea that you can have one round can change everything, you know? Yeah. Which is the way it used to be in that system. You could have a really good round, score a bunch of good shots, and you'd, you could win. As opposed to now, everything's 10-9, 10-9, Yeah. I've, I've been loving the Olympics, though, Gary. I, I, find, I find it interesting. Like, the sports where I can kind of tangibly see what one person is doing better than the other yeah. are the sports I tend to enjoy more. Because, like, I was watching that canoeing this morning, and it's like, they're all doing the same thing. Yeah. They're all just they're all just rowing. <laughs> What's the difference? It's called well, rowing, Gary. That's what canoeing. I said. Canoes are different. Yeah, same thing. No, it's not. Yeah, completely every, different boats. They're all boats in water, Ken. You're a boat. You're a dilapidated boat. Name. Brother Ken, I knew you'd come. Sir, I am instituting a ban on Impact Wrestling and Broken Matt Hardy on this podcast. You cannot ban Broken Matt Hardy. I can. You cannot. I can. He will delete you. He will send Vanguard one after us, Ken. He will delete the podcast. I have deleted him from this podcast. Delete! 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 Do you think he watches a lot of Doctor Who? Oh yeah, he's a he's a Cyberman. But um, first of all, there's two things that struck me about this Olympics. I wasn't as excited as I was for London, maybe because it was so close the last time that you felt kind of part of it more. It felt more tangible. Yeah. Like the opening ceremony was uh, partly because it was on really late. I didn't really watch it because I was just like, yeah, no, no. it's over the other side of the world. Like whereas like, London was kind of more on our time, so Irish prime time. You can kind of watch more of it and feel more part of it uh, and also I was just like every every time the Olympics comes on I was like I'm not going to spend all my time watching the Olympics and I, ne- I inevitably do yeah just sit there watching badminton because it's like oh my god badminton's so amazing <laughs> like watching sports like men's field hockey yep. that I would never ever watch the Irish have to beat actually I'm not sure what the, the situation with the Irish hockey team is now they have to beat Argentina. Uh, but Argentina drew with the Germans. Does that oh. mean that Argentinians go through? Because I knew, I knew, know if the Argentinians beat the Germans, we would have been knocked out. Yeah. But they drew four four, so I'm not sure what the the, the mathematics of that is now. Uh, but I think if they beat us, they'll go through. But if we beat them, we'll have two wins. But they'll have a win and a draw. I think that's it. Yeah. So we should qualify. So we could talk about the Olympics all day. This is not the Olympics episode, but we'll, we'll probably talk about it again. In it'll like, be it'll be interspersed throughout the episode literally a second once you get through the rest of the intro and ask me yeah. how my week was <laughs> we should probably tell people what's what's on the show yeah we we've we, we rambled about olympics coming up on the show this week we take our usual tour of our favorite stories in who news best the crowd favorite yep the the gold medal winner it's it's still here netflix is out this week yeah who's news who's news best kept at spot Instead, we'll preview everything about the 2016-2017 and talk a little bit about uh, second seasons of TV shows and boomerang shows. Is that a show about boomerangs? No. It's like, or is it like Australian TV? Are we talking about Home and Way and Neighbours? No. We'll explain that. I'm trying to, Gary, I'm trying to maintain an air of mystery. Big, big Summer High? or What's the name of that Australian surfing teen show? Uh, blue, 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 blue Summer High? No. Blue Sky High? Something like that. Anyway, yeah. Talk about that show? No. I'm, tr- I'm trying to... Or Australian prank shows. I'm trying to maintain an air of mystery so people will listen to the end. Or they, Well, we are in the podcast medium, so people can just skip to the end and see what it is. I, I, I saw a gag recently that uh, the, the, the best place to have something you say never be heard is to say it at the very end of a, po- a very long podcast. People are like, oh, it's over now. They yeah. Once you go into like outro mode, it's like, gone. <laughs> That's why I try to hold stuff back for our our outro so yeah. people so people actually listen to the end to hook them in that's why I always talk about next week's episode and and have a little gag in there just dropped in there as a hook a little, 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 little taste so Boomerang Shows is not about Australian television 
Well, we might talk about Australian television, but it's not the sole purpose of the segment. We get a, well, a weird amount of Australian TV over here, don't we? We do. It's, it's, it tends to, like it tends to go both ways. Apparently, apparently they pay for a lot of our like t- indigenous TV to to kind of pad out their schedules, and we do the same thing. Yeah, so it's a mutually beneficial relationship because we have kind of similar backgrounds between RT and ABC. ABC, Australian Broadcasting Corporation. Yes. Is that it? Yes, I assume so. I don't know. ABC is an Australian television channel, though. I know these things. And Fox. Fox is down in Australia. Yes. G'day. G'day, Mike. You hate you hate all of these things anyway, Ken. Wallabear. <laughs> You're so racist. Wallaby. You're so racist, Ken. At, at least I didn't talk about shrimps on Barbies. Yes. But before all that goodness, Gar, how was your week slash month? It's been a while. Full disclosure, it's been a while. Possibly my fault. Possibly your fault. Let's not let's not point fingers here. I'm gonna just—it's Ken's fault. It's all Ken's fault. Ken, Ken, it's all Ken. <laughs> he has nothing. God damn it! <laughs> That's the, like the five-second comeback rule. If you if you say something and you cannot get a comeback out in five seconds, you have been defeated. I accept my defeat. Yes. I had no witty repartee. Is that a word? Repartee. Sure. Something like that. Words are only as effective as people that understand them. Yes. Words. So once you get your point across, even if the words you say do not mean the things you think they mean, who cares? Yeah, it's a real language is ever adapting and changing. Whoa! So while we all can be upset that lol is in the dictionary now, it's the way the language is moving. And soon enough, we will all speak in like initialisms. Text speak. J.K. Lol. Do you know what the difference between an initialism and an acronym? Acronym. Acronym is. Could you say those words again so I can actually understand you? Initialism and acronym. Uh, uh, no, I do not. Well, they're, they're both the same thing. So, so ABC, I actually don't know which one's, which one is which, but one is, is say like ABC would be, I believe a, an initialism and then say NASA, which is N-A-S-A. It still stands for each letter forms a different word, but it's said as one word. Yeah. That's uh, an initialism or an acronym. I'm actually not sure which is which, but that is the difference. Top class journalism again. Yep. <laughs> you prepared very well for this week. I, I did. So what have you been doing? What have you been uh, I've been watching the Olympics. <laughs> I've also been watching the Olympics. <laughs> Just, that's what I've been doing. And not week. making podcasts. <laughs> yeah, I've been making podcasts, two of which were about the Olympics already. But Yeah. Um, I've never heard of this podcast. What do you call it? I believe it's Days of Podcasts. Days of Podcasts. I produced 117 episodes of it. It feels like days when I listen to it because it's so boring. <laughs> Shut up. It can be boring. <laughs> What like what? What's the episode you're most proud of? The fact that I don't have an immediate answer for that is probably quite an indictment. Yeah. I, I thought the Blarney episode was pretty good. Okay. On the other side, what's your biggest embarrassment? I I don't have a big uh, five minutes of silence. Maybe <laughs> I don't know. You shot, don't... You sh- in fairness, you shot for the moon with that one, and you you reached like. I think there's an artistic integrity to five minutes of silence, though. I I, I actually I like. What was the name? I think it's we're all a little bit weird sometimes. Yeah. I thought that episode had a nice message. And a nice message. I listened to uh, Five Minutes of Silence and I felt robbed at the end. Ken, the, the idea is that there is no such thing as silence, that the world moves around us and we are forever engaged in it. It was just rain. It was five minutes of rain. Shut yeah. up. There was bird noises in there. Actually, no, there was no bird noises. But if you listen toward the end of like like four minute mark, there was a car that went by. It's just like Carol yeah. and Vi, Ken. That's that's like the that's like the 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 climax, the emotional peak of that episode it is made, the car going it made by. It's well called Five Minutes of Ireland because it's raining. That's yeah, basically, it. 
you should I, I had two takes of five minutes of silence there was one that was just a quiet night where literally nothing happened and the other was a rainy night so i'm like which should i use <laughs> i used the rainy night just because there was actual noise as opposed to literally silence but the silence might have been more interesting because you might have heard things in the silence but you heard things in the silence anyway. There was a car went by, Karen. If you listen to the four-minute mark, give or take, of the five minutes of silence, the, the emotional crescendo of the whole piece was the car going by in the distance. You're worse than Shia LaBeouf. Me and Shia LaBeouf are best of pals. I'm wearing a, a, a bin bag on my head at the moment. There's a paper bag here. Well, I, I'm more... I'm different, Ken. I'm an individual. I have a bin bag and I'm suffocating. Why aren't you helping me? <laughs> because uh, if you die, podcast a day will go away and I'll be happy. Oh, and then there'll be bloody no podcasts on our feed, will there? I'll just talk to myself. Hey, Ken, what do you think of the new film? It's great. Thanks, Ken. Your split identities will pop out again. I just realized when I tried to like do an interview with myself or talk a podcast with myself, it would be horrendously boring. You also use the same voice for both Kens, which I think would confuse the listeners. You have to have one voice for one Ken and one voice for another Ken to clear the, the delineation between the Kens. Maybe I could have... I'll just rip off your, your friend Matt Hardinger. I'll just have Ken and Broken Ken. Yeah, well... We're broken Ken at the moment. It's broken Ken and regular Ken, I suppose. Yeah. You'd be inventing regular Ken. Oh, burn! There was a burn, burnrific. Let's do the stories, Gar. Before we, I didn't ask you how your week was, Ken. Well, it doesn't matter, Gar, because we know what the answer to that is. I worked, and that was it. <laughs> yeah. You've been promoted, kind of. Yeah, I got more new... like shifted than promoted, but uh, I've taken over my third uh, new team in six months. I figure. I think it's a rule that if you're not paid more, it's not a promotion. Basically, it's... A <laughs> no basic, matter what they tell you. <laughs> it's basically just being, like, messed around, kind of, a little bit. Yeah. But, uh, it's it's good. I've calculated, in the six months that I've been a manager, I've managed 53 people. That's, that's not bad so for the CV. I've generally, like, ruined 53 lives. Sure. And I feel You good. make lives better, Ken, because I love you. Aw. Sincerity. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, Sounds weird, doesn't it? <laughs> and um, on my last day, one of the uh, the last day with my old team before I moved to my new team, did they get you a card? Uh, no, they did not. But, Suckers! Yeah, you but, should fire them all. Do you have the power to fire them? Not anymore. Damn it! But uh, one of the the girls, uh, came so up you to, should have walked out into the the floor. It's like my parting gift to all of you is you're fired. <laughs> you're not allowed to say you're fired, girl. It's a, it's a, like a, a legal thing. Best of luck in your future endeavors. Yeah, WWE then. But uh, no, one of the girls I had, she's uh, from Russia. Mm-hmm. Russia. And she called me over and I, I thought she just wanted help with, with something she was doing. She was like wanting me to look at something. And then she just handed me a bottle of kava and some strawberries. Kava is like a sparkling wine. Yeah. Uh, I didn't have the heart to tell her I don't drink. Nonetheless. Look, it would have been kind of a dick move. Like, yeah, I don't drink. So smash it off the table. <laughs> so I was like, oh, that's lovely. But I, I felt very touched by that because she said, oh, thanks very much for everything. And you really helped me. And I was like, oh, Oh, because like, oh, you made a difference in someone's life. That's what I'm thinking. Like, and I don't want to overstate what I do, but like, you know, it's like a teacher, like your manager or the person that you work for has like a really big effect on your life so they can make your life really good or really miserable. So yeah, it's like kind of a big responsibility in some ways. It's the same. When I was in fourth year, I was helping some children read. Yeah. And at the end, they gave me a little card that they all signed. And I was just like, oh, and then I cried a little. Yeah. It's like. Did you like full on blub or was it just a kind of a... Uh, a few tears wrinkling down the face on the way out the door. Yeah, it was just really nice. Bit of a sweet feeling. Yeah, it's just like, that's... Uh, fair enough, their teacher got it and made them sign it. <laughs> I don't care. But still, it's it's nice. A win is a win, Gareth. A win Sometimes is you need a, a win. win. Sometimes you just need a win. Actually, there was one stage where I, there, there was a dinosaur book while I was teaching them. And it has a bunch of names of dinosaurs that I'd never heard of and couldn't pronounce. And yeah. I'm like, 
the kid couldn't read it. And I'm like, I don't know how to read this book either. So we're in the same boat, kid. High five. <laughs> yeah. High five to literacy. Yeah. Should we do some stories? I suppose. Who knew's best? Mm-hmm. It's back. Yep. Voiceover. There it was. I'm right there. <laughs> yeah. I was supposed to actually do that first, but... Podcast magic. Podcast magic. We'll, in- we'll edit it in. It's fine. It's time again for our journey. I find it hard to say hour sometimes. Hour. 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 Because I'm Irish, so you go R. 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 Or the little pirates can. We're like, R. Our journey. R. Maybe I should just lean into a car and just full on go for it. I, I say R. Like, like, hour is just too annoying to say. It's too many syllables for yeah. one word. It, well, it's kind of like a one syllable word that has two syllables. Yeah. Hour, you know? It's, it doesn't feel good on my tongue and my lips. You see, the problem is there's the word hour as in like 60 minutes. And there's the word R as in you and I are brothers. So... You're either pronouncing it as one or the other, so it's still just confusing. I'm just going to lean into the pirate thing and just go with it. Yep. It's time again for our favourite stories. <laughs> you really went lean in, didn't you? Yeah. Kara, you just totally stepped on my read. I can. I don't care about reads. You're going to do it again. Fine. For the sake of perfection. Just do it. It's time again for our... <laughs> <laughs> pirate podcasts! <laughs> It's time again for our. <laughs> you can't, you can't, you're in your head. You can't it's do it anymore. I can't do it anymore. So I'm just going to skip past that. <laughs> the, 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 the next word is our as well. <laughs> Journey through our. It feels weird. Favorite stories of the week in. Who knew's best? Sound effect played that time. Yeah. Did you hear it? <laughs> you probably did, yeah. You cued the sound effect too early. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. Well. <laughs> You know, it's too late now. Let's keep going. Um, you may have heard in our last episode, which was about two or three years ago at this stage. It was a month ago. It was a- It was actually four weeks ago. <laughs> the, the last time, Ken, we did a podcast, Portugal winning the Euros was news. <laughs> so that's how long it's been. Even then, I think that was old news by the time we did the show. Yeah. Yeah. But we have a, we've had a slight change to news best in recent weeks. In Well, the, the last week. Yes. But like it's been in place for weeks, we just haven't done it. Yeah, it, it, this has been a thing for the four weeks we haven't done the show as well. So in this format, basically we simply present five headlines and offer our spontaneous hot takes before ranking them in order of awesomeness to decide who news best. Yes, which of the news is the best of the news. Yes, of course, works well. Yeah, Car, give us give us the first one, why don't you? A movie gore is suing Warner Brothers, suing the studio who released Suicide Squad for can false advertising. Um, yeah. He was not best pleased about the lack of the Joker in the film. It totals about 15 minutes, I think. Yeah. It feels like shorter. In fairness, I was I was walking home from work the other day and there was a giant uh, Suicide Squad poster on the wall. And while, yes, the Joker is in it, I don't think Jared Leto's name is on that poster. Yeah, because so, he, he's not in it enough to get billing. No, he's not. Um, You haven't seen this yet, Gareth, so I'm going to do a one-word review like they do on the website sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. You see, people think it's awful. I haven't seen it, so I, I literally cannot say no, it. Uh, another word I'd use to describe it is, it's all right. Yeah, I, I think it's probably this year's Fantastic Four, Yeah, which was much maligned, which was, it, it was fine. It was not the worst film no, of all it's, time. No, it's worth a watch, and it's, it's kind of enjoyable in parts, but I, I... I get the sense Will Smith carries it. He does carry it, and like the dialogue is extraordinarily clunky, but he kind of carries it off with that Will Smith charm. Because he's, he's like a legitimate movie star. But the, like it just felt like the Joker was shoehorned in here, in there, just to kind of pique interest. 
And it worked because a lot of people went to see this movie. That the film made a shizzle load of money. I'm Snoop Dogg all of a sudden. It made a crazy amount of money, but I think it was all based on the hysteria from the Joker the last time, and people wanted to see the new Joker. And I, I think it, it, I, th- it, I think they've had a, a, an effective marketing campaign as well because yeah. I think the marketing for this film has been different. As it, a, has, it felt different from different superhero movies, well, super villain movies, as is the case yeah. in this instance. And Will Smith is a legitimate movie star. Yeah. But I, I do I do side with this gentleman. It did sell people a bit of a pup in terms of the Joker. Yeah, but uh, you can't sue them. Yeah. He's, he's in the film. Yeah. The film is, what, two hours long? Yeah, about that. So that's, that's what, a, a 20th? He's in a 20th of the film? Yeah. No, there, there's 60 minutes in an hour, not, not 100. <laughs> Maths. So he's in about a 12th of the film. Yeah, but he, he said that the trailer gave the false impression that the Joker was in it much more than he was. Does it? And it has scenes with the Joker that wasn't in the movie either. Yeah, apparently Jared Leto's giving out that, oh, they cut a load of scenes. That's the way films are made. Apparently he said you could make a whole movie out of the scenes they cut. Well, that's the way films are made. And like... And you have to condense... I, I hate that. I hate when a director's like, oh, there's a great version of this film on the cutting room floor. Your job as a director is to film a version and then parlay with your studio to create something that both sides are happy with. You can't just take the easy way out and say, oh, well, the studio interfered and there's a great version of... Uh, and can how often have you ever watched a director's cut of a film and thought, this is better? And I was like, this is longer, unnecessarily. Yeah, it's nearly always just unnecessarily longer. I have very rarely seen a director's cut of a film that is, like, like markedly better than the original. But, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where... Shut up, Black Panther sixteen. Who's the Reddit user who's going to give out? This is going to be dismissed out of hand. Shut up. <laughs> it's just it almost feels like he's doing it for attention as well. Yeah, fifteen minutes. Plus, it's Reddit, which is the bottom of all society. Well, actually, no, it's slightly above YouTube comment sections. So Reddit, Reddit is not the bottom of society. But uh, seeing uh, Jared Leto's Joker, like, did you read all those stories about you know how he method acted on set and sent people rats and used cosmos. You're, you're not Daniel Day-Lewis playing Abe Lincoln. You're playing a dumb comic book power character. Shut up. Do you think the, all the stars saw the final cut of the movie and like, we went through all that nonsense for him to be in this for no time whatsoever? <laughs> yeah. what, what's his name? Joel Kinnaman? Yeah. Who was playing... What's, what's the name of the character he plays? I don't even know. Uh, Rick Flagg, is it? I don't even know. Oh, no. And he's like, oh, I took mushrooms to simulate what this character would be. Shut up! This is a dumb superhero film. As I said, Abe Lincoln is an important historical character who, who you admire an actor's commitment into getting into that character because he's an important human being. Yeah. And depicting him in, 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 in a uh, kind of a reflective way is understandable. And Daniel Day-Lewis is the best actor pretty much ever. It's proven by his Oscars guy. Yes. Whereas you're playing a dumb superhero character, shut up and just throw some prosthetics on and say some funny lines. Exactly. I think you hit on something there, Gar. The reason why Will Smith was so su- successful in his ro- uh, role as dead- Deadshot? Or? Deadshot. It was because he basically didn't take it too seriously. Yeah, he's Will Smith. He- he's charismatic, he's fun, He's and he doesn't do enough of those roles anymore, so it's nice yeah. to see him do some of them. Yeah, he's back, Gar. He's yeah. back. Um, there will be probably a sequel... I have no desire to see one based on that film. It, it has been like one of those summer seasons where like most films like I've, I've come out of and I'm like, yeah, that's all right for what it was, but I, I don't really want to watch it again. Yeah, it's fine. My film of the summer is Star Trek. So far, girl. Yep. We're going to see Peach Dragon tonight. We are, which I'm looking forward to. Which has, has had sneakily good reviews. It has. I've been looking forward to this film all summer. Some people are still calling it the film of the summer. Good. I hope it is. But I have. I, have... I, I haven't seen the BFG yet. I do have to see it. I have to see it. I know some well. people were disappointed with the BFG, but it's Spielberg doing Dal. I have to see it. But I have this feeling that the, like Peach Dragon will underperform just because people 
it hasn't got the marquee value or the kind of drawing power. I'm actually interested to see how front-loaded Suicide Squad is. Yeah. Because, like, Batman versus Superman was fairly front-loaded. A lot of people came out to see it in the first week and then it, it out quickly. fell off a cliff. Cheers I think up. the same might happen with Suicide Squad. Poor DC just can't catch a break with the, re- the reviews. Like, I think people are just determined to hate on the DC universe. I don't... Uh, no, I always hate that. I always hate when, oh, the, the critics went in with their reviews written. And that is every so often, I think, and particularly with films that have struggling production histories people kind of prejudge it based on that going in you know it's like oh they had reshoots or there was arguments with the studio or the director was being stubborn and people kind of prejudge films based on that sometimes but i i I tend to dislike when people use the excuse that oh they had their reviews written before they even went in which i I think is very rarely the case at least on a mass level i think critics critics everyone wants to like something yeah so suicide squad doesn't exactly do what it says on the tin but you know I, 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 does anyone commit suicide in it? No. Then that's false advertising, Ken. Oh, no. That's the that's the false advertising you should be going after. Moving on to our second headline, Gar. At 26, Michael Phelps, the Olympic swimmer, has won more medals than most countries. Ken, between the time I wrote the script and the time that we're actually doing the show, uh, the script is out of date. He won another medal. <laughs> yeah. So you had 25. <laughs> yep. Um, and he's won another medal. He won another medal last night. So he's won a staggering 22 golds. Yep. Two bronzes and two silvers. Mm. Do you think he even cares about the bronze and the silvers? He, um, he won silver last time in London and he was none too pleased. He yep. was just like, what is this? Silver? Yeah. See, he's made cupping a, a global sensation. Cupping? You know, the, the cup therapy thing? Oh, yeah. He's See doing... the marks on his back? Yeah. The New Japan dads got through the G1 with it as well, Ken. They were trendsetters. Nagata yeah. and Tenzan with their cupping. Um, Cupping it, sounds dirty, all right, doesn't it? Does it sounds super dirty. It sounds like he's he's in the back with the lads. Coddling people's testicles. Just to get, him, get some kind of edge, I don't know. That's what cupping sounds like. But uh, he's won more medals that alone than 174 countries in their games history. Yeah, think of India. Yeah. India is a country that has, what, a billion people? Yep. He's won more medals than a billion people, Ken. Yeah. <laughs> Not even more. He's won more than double the number of medals a billion people have won. In fact, I saw another statistic that says, um, and this doesn't make for good reading for us, unfortunately, he's won more gold medals by himself than Nigeria, India, and Ireland in their entire games history. Yep, and he's he's been in the Olympics for four Olympics, that's 12 years. Whereas, I think, what are we on, 34? Yeah. Is it the 34th Olympics? 31st. 31st Olympics, so yeah, 31. Trivia. I haven't even have any. It's written right there. <laughs> Ken taking credit for something that's written in front no, of him. No, I actually saw a close up of the medal and it said XX, uh, XI. So yep. I don't know. In, uh, in the medal that we won today because we're not going medalless. Yes, we did it. Silver! Some of the countries he's gone past in the process include Austria on 19 gold medals, Argentina on 18, Jamaica on 17, and they're, they're well known for their track and field cheaters. Um, what? Did I say that? <laughs> <laughs> Subtle, Ken. Subtle. Iran on 15, Czech Republic on 14, sorry, allegedly. Uh, Mexico on 13, and more than double that of India on 9. A billion people. Not very good at sport. No. In fairness, we're not very good at sport either. Though we have, what, four and a half million? We don't really expect to do well on, on a global stage. But, like, we come out of most Olympics with, like, two or three medals, and that's that's pretty good Yeah, for the kind of resources we have. I was watching the Olympics coverage today, and someone broke the, I think it was the 10,000 meter world record yeah and they cut back to Sonia O'Sullivan in the studio and it's like Sonia what do you think of that it's like could be a cheater no. you never know 
feels that, a bit cheaty. Yeah, that, and, and, and that, that's almost what she said. It feels a bit cheaty. She's like, she doesn't look tired enough. Yeah. And I kind of agreed with her. Like, after you break a, a 10,000 meter war record, you should be shattered. That's like, how many miles is that? Well, that's 10 kilometers. Because there's a thousand meter, a thousand meters in a kilometer. That's a lot of running. That's a lot of running. And I think it was like 26 minutes or was it 30 minutes, something like that. 36. Yeah. Broke the, broke the record. And then Sonia Sullivan, who in fairness is a bit of authority on cheating because she was screwed a number of times. Several times. And she kind of got cheated a bit because there's there's a, a standard now where if someone's cheated out of a medal, the, the person that should have gotten it is awarded it. When Which the, I think is perfectly fair. When it's stripped of the cheater. But... Uh, Back in her era, they used to just strike it from the record, so she never got medals that she was yeah, due. She is a, an Olympic silver medalist, yeah. not Olympic gold medalist. She was cheated by some was she Ukrainian, Romanian, I think. One of them. She was a one of those Eastern Europeans. One of, them, <laughs> one of them, like it's like literally the the, the plot from Rocky Four. Yeah, they're all just drugged up. Cheating. In fairness, that seems to be what it is in China. That literally, there's like a drug mill yeah. where they just feed it into their veins. Yeah. Like, they go to extremes to try and cheat in, like, China and, and Russia. Speaking of, like, I was watching the gymnastics the other day, and there's this Chinese, uh, the, the female event, and, like, some of those Chinese female gymnasts, it's like, you have to be 14, I think, to compete. And it's like, you're eight. You're not 14. You're eight. Yeah. <laughs> you're definitely eight. <laughs> but, like, they've been accused of fudging birth certs in the past, so, allegedly, sorry, we should say, again. Uh, wasn't, was it Nigeria that had, like, half their team kicked out for not being under 23 or something? No. Or, or like for a World Cup or one of those tournaments where it's just like you faked all of their birth certs, <laughs> get out. <laughs> but uh, that's happened. Like uh, apparently the Kenyan, uh, the Kenyan camp, two of their uh, runners are now implicated because one of their coaches uh, poses them to take a urine test. That's very illegal. And it's like Kenya. Like, like, do they need to cheat? I thought they were like bankers. <laughs> Maybe they're only good at this because they cheat. Cheating is just endemic, I suppose. That That's the thing, though, isn't it? That yeah. there, there's an inherent mistrust when you watch all of this. That's like, yeah. are they cheating? It's the same with the Tour de France. Or yeah. It's just like, it, it needles in the back of your mind. And you want to you want to believe in it. And you want to kind of like... Believe in the stories in, and the, yeah. the, the effort and the work that these people have put in to become experts in their field and better than everyone else in the world so that they can go to the Olympics and defeat the entire field and do their country proud. But every so often, that's really not but the I, case. I, I don't understand these people have no morals because obviously they're, they're happy to How can win. you be happy with yourself? Yeah. It's like, I cheated to win. Like, I, I like, like an athlete in its purest sense is someone that endeavours to be the best. And, you know, even if they don't win, you know, if they've done their best, then they can be proud, you know, and they, yeah. and like, you know, it's about striving to reach the top of that mountain. And like, if you take a shortcut, it's like, are you an athlete? You're not what, even an like, athlete. What, what have you achieved? Yeah. <laughs> I have defeated the others because I defeated them on an unlevel playing field. And basically, Yay. I'm much better at swallowing pills. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, we get we get stuck all day on this car. Yeah. Know. So we're, moral we're, of the story: if, if Michael Phelps started a country uh, on an island somewhere, he would be one of the most successful Olympic Olympic countries of all time. Yes, that is the moral of the story. We move on to uh, item number three, Gar. Yep. Cops say a duo tried to pawn items stolen from a pawn owner. Can criminals <laughs> can if they were smart, the world would be a much scarier place. In fairness to them, how were they supposed to know this? <laughs> that is true. How are they possibly supposed to know? How unlucky do you have to be to steal things from a pawn shop owner and then try to sell them back to the same person you stole them from? This unsurprisingly comes out of Clarksville, Tennessee. Are you the stereotyping US. there, Ken? Uh, um, you know. Yes. Yes. 
Authorities say the two people who, try, who tried to pawn some stolen PlayStations didn't realise that they'd burgled the home of the person they were trying to sell it to, the pawn shop owner. Yeah. Citing a Clarksville, Tennessee police report, the Leaf Chronicle, says 30-year-old Jeremy A. Watts and 24-year-old Jessica F. Heady tried to sell two PlayStation systems along with controllers, video games, and DVDs. The pawn shop owner, Edward Dial, said he recognised the items, went home to check, and is like, they're mine! <laughs> I'll give you nothing for them because they're mine. <laughs> they were arrested and charged with aggravated burglary and held on a $50,000 bond. That's a lot of money. It is a lot of money. They'd have to pawn a lot of PlayStations to get that much money, wouldn't they? Pray the PlayStations were worth in excess of $1,000. Yeah, PlayStations are expensive these days. How many PlayStations were there? There had to be at least three PlayStations there. Two. Did you not read the story, Ken? Yeah, but two PlayStations cost you about 600 bucks, I'd say, wouldn't it? But with controllers, games, DVDs. Oh, I suppose, yeah. yeah. If you had, like... I wasn't listening. Six games. You aren't listening to the words coming out of my mouth. You, yeah, yeah, you know. You have to be so unlucky, though. It's like, (laughs) what are the odds of that? Of all the houses to rob, you know, I assume in Clarksville, Tennessee, there's probably a few thousand houses. And I assume there's more than one pawn shop. Yeah. So of all the, you have to rob that specific house and then take it to that specific pawn shop. You have to be that unlucky. It's got to be like a million to one or something. (laughs) That's got to be quite a small chance. But there you go. And that's why crime doesn't pay. Because mm-hmm. even if you're good at it, you might be dreadfully unlucky. Like, <laughs> yep, that's it. That's it now. I have nothing more to say about that. Okay. Good. Let's move on. Breaking a rule. We're breaking the Trump rule, girl. Yeah. Trump. Dot, dot, dot. Yeah, that's just the headline. Trump. <laughs> Trump. Donald Day. Uh, Donald Day. Donald Day Lewis. Because he's, he's, he's such a good actor, girl. He, he he's is. not even a good actor because he's, he's terrible. He's he, doesn't remember, he doesn't remember what he says. Donald J. Drumpf. Yeah. Notice I, I have the because I, I, I cut and paste the story off the web. Yeah. And I have that thing that uh, John Oliver released that changes Trump to Drumpf in your web browser. So all of the Trumps in this are actually Drumpfs. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, on Tuesday, he appeared to raise the possibility that, that guns rights supporters could take matters into their own hands if Hillary Clinton is elected president and appoints a judge who, who favors stricter gun controls. He basically suggested that they could kill him. Or kill her. Yep. Kill her dead. Like, if they're with the Republicans, are you just crying at this point? You're just like, what? And, like, he'll walk it back. He'll say, oh, I just mean that they have a lot of political power and they, they really believe in their movement. And if they get out and vote, that they can... That's not at all what he meant. He, he yeah. it. A, a KG and intelligent politician would do that. Donald Trump is like he's doubled down on that same again. Yeah. And, he's just, and like, the problem is, Ken... On its own, it's, it's a silly thing that this silly man says. He's a buffoon. But, Ken, there are 350 million people in the US. Yeah. Not all of them are, are, are smart, logical people. Yeah. Some of them have mental illness. Some of them are just crazy. Some of them are willing to go to extremes. So when they hear a man of, of great influence, this is the Republican Party's nominee for President of the United States of America, saying that if she were to be elected and nominate a judge that you aren't potentially happy with, kill her! That's incitement to, to violence. It, it is! It's absurd! And that, that kind of stuff is, is dangerous. People... People look at elections like they're reality television now. Uh, we were talking about this the other day. The reaction to Hillary Clinton's vice presidential nominee, Tim Kaine. Uh, people were like, he's boring. You know? Oh, and they were making dad jokes. And it, it annoys the life out of me, Ken. Because politics should be boring. We should have, like, Tim Kaine is a, a reliable, you know, multiple term politician who served his community quietly. Yeah. 
And that's not good enough. Really. He plays the harmonica. Oh, isn't he so boring? Shut up! He should be! Now, if you have problems with Tim Kaine's track record, if you have problems with his character, if you have problems with his policy ideas, if you have problems with his beliefs or his convictions, fair play! Go on! Say, state all of that, because that's what's important for being a vice president of the United States. That's what's important for any political office, Ken. Being entertaining is not a prerequisite. Politicians should be boring. Every so often you get an Obama or, or someone who's a great speaker or someone who's a great leader. But I want, I'd take a boring politician every day of the week if they're a good politician. If they are going to serve their communities well and with dignity. Not if they're going to suggest that they, you should go kill people you don't agree with. And then walk it back. And then it's like, oh, Obama founded ISIS. And you know, you know what you could reasonably say, Ken? Obama facilitated conditions in which ISIS excelled. Because... Kind of did. Yeah. It's kind of what happened. And and the world is nuanced. It, it's difficult. There's a lot of different problems. I'm not going to pretend to understand the world of foreign policy because I don't. Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to go out and say someone who didn't found something founded something. I'm not going to say extreme inflammatory language for the sake of using that kind of language just to get a reaction. That's not what leaders do, Ken. Yeah. That's what bullshit artists who want to get on cable news do. And this is the reason we ban Trump. Yes. Gets car riled up. It does. Because, and you see, the problem is, and we're feeding back into this, the reason I, I implemented the Trump ban on this podcast is because his absurdness gets out into more and more people. And you see, Ken, there are people who are, are liable to believe this kind of absurdness. They, they see it as, as honest and, and being willing to speak for the people and speak one's mind. It's bullshit. Pull the honky car. We need to work clean. Podcast. I don't care. It's 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 a bodily function. Who cares? Are you okay? I'm more or less done. Do yeah. you have anything to contribute? <laughs> um, Hillary's no saint. She's not. But most certainly the less of two evils. And if Trump gets elected, I'm uh, going to volunteer for the Mars mission. Yeah. And just want to get off this planet. It's not worth it. He will. No. He he does not like. They say it's a political line to say he does not have the temperament to be president he doesn't no. he's the most easily baited man known to man and i said this to you uh during our, our very good debate care yes it wasn't even a debate because we both agree with each other <laughs> yeah uh a lot of what the republicans are doing and should be doing and you know the strategy is like she's a woman she's temperamental that's what they should be painting her no that's the sexist i rolled my eyes in case in case the podcast listeners can't see me not that not that i agree with it but that's the that's the easy tactic to go on you know yeah because because there, there are things that are directed at her that would never be directed at a man yeah. you know the idea oh she's shrill or i was saying this to you that she's ambitious yeah. the word ambitious has never been directed as a pejorative against a man it's exactly. never been a negative thing but a woman being ambitious they should be in the kitchen making their dinner They're, shouldn't be have ambition you can't Trust the woman with ambition, can you? They're too temperamental, and and she'll have a bad day, and and, and she'll she'll press the nuke button. It's like it's okay, America. She's already gone through the menopause. She, <laughs> she's gone through the other side. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she does not have those temperamental but, mood but, swings. But they've been able to, the, the funny thing is they've been able to flip the script and basically paint Trump as temperamental and Trump as thin-skinned and not able because to get he is. criticism. And he feeds into that every single day. He attacked a, a, a family who had their, their child killed at war. Like, like, like the, that, that Gold Star family that he attacked, the Khan family. The easiest way to deal with that, that, that I'm not going to say crisis because it wasn't a crisis, to deal with that issue is just say, we, we respect the, the way your son served our, our country and we're sorry for your loss. And that's it. Yeah. Story dies down in a few days. You don't go attacking them. 
And then making accusations that the wife wasn't allowed to speak. Yeah. She wasn't uh, able to speak, by all accounts, because she had a, a giant picture of her dead son behind her. Yeah, and she was too grief-stricken, and she didn't think she'd be able to get words out of her mouth because there was a giant picture of her dead son behind her. And, like, American American politics is, is, is broken. Yeah. And their, their media is deeply broken because there, there is no substantive discuss, discussion going on in U.S. media. Like, I, I listened, like, on the way down here, I listened to the NPR Politics podcast, yeah. which, those are smart people. Those are smart people talking about politics, and so little of it is about the substance of these people. It's yeah. about polling, and it's about optics, and it's about scandals, and it's about what they said. It's not about... It's about what they tweet. And what it, yeah, it's not about, you know, what these people believe, what what are they going to do when president, what can they reasonably do when they're president, because there is a, a very vast gulf between what people say they're going to do when they're president and what they can actually do. Politicians can't create jobs. Well, they can. They can. They can create public sector jobs. But politicians create the, the environment for jobs. Yes. Anyone? I have any politician that says they'll create a job for you is lying. They they can't do that. America had an actor as president in Ronald Reagan, and yeah. things didn't go so great. Yeah. Now they have a potential president who is a reality reality TV star. I'm like, a good businessman. That's I I've loved people business shaming him. Yeah. Mike Bloomberg at the the DNC and Warren Buffett on the campaign trail, basically saying. Yeah, he's a bad businessman. Yeah. <laughs> Billionaire shaming him. Yeah, he's basically like a shady businessman that screwed people over to, to, to kind of cling on to his fortune. Yeah. But it's just it's just so funny. You know, Mitt Romney is like, you know, a, a tower of industry, you know, a self-made man. Mitt Romney would walk over Hillary. Yeah. Hillary's like one of the most disliked candidates in the history of American politics. But guess what? Donald Trump is more disliked than her. They're weirdly like symbiotic. They yeah. need each other. Any other election, the other side would get whomped. But that's that's the that's the strange thing. It's just like, it's 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 pageantry. It's not. It doesn't even feel real. It doesn't feel at the end of it that one of these people is going to become the leader of the free world, which they will. Yeah, and the same thing happened here because we had a much smaller election cycle. Our election cycle was like three weeks long. It almost not, snuck up on you. It was like, oh, who do I vote for? I don't know. Yeah, it's not eighteen months. But uh, I saw someone saying toward the end of that, it's like, oh, it's been a very boring election. It should be. Hmm. Politics is boring. If I talk, start talking to you about poly- policy prescriptions and healthcare and education and economics and, and freaking all that stuff and social security and social welfare and pensions and retirement, your eyes glaze into the back of your head. And fair enough, that's the reason the media never covers this because it's boring and it won't do decent ratings. And that, that feeds into a perpetual downward cycle of just descending into the worst, lowest common denominator. You got me riled up again, Ken. I, I riled myself down and then I riled myself back up. Let's move on to the last story. Guys. Now for something completely different, yes. Supergirl and The Flash are teaming up for a two-part musical episode, Ken. Not only a two-part team-up, but it's musical. It's musical. And like the, the this this show, the, both these shows have, have two leads that have vast experience in musicals. I think both came from Glee, didn't they? They did. They both did stretches in Glee, yeah. And, and other supporting cast, Jesse L. Martin play. Uh, Played a role in Wall Street. Jeremy Jordan played a role in Wall Street. So it's just like, we have a bunch of people who can sing. Let's do a musical episode. It seems to be like a, almost like a, a hallmark of, of a long-running TV show these days. Isn't it? Well, both these shows. Well, The Flash is going to its, I want to say, fourth season. Third or fourth. Can third, third or fourth. Third. I, I don't watch it, so I'm not really 100% certain. Yeah, the, the, these things sneak up on you. I'm going to say probably third. I think it's third. And Supergirl's going into its second season. But yeah, they, they had a crossover last year. On, uh, on Supergirl it was an episode of Supergirl and it was one of the most delightful things I've ever seen 
Because yeah. like both of these tones have uh, both of these shows have like lighter tones for superhero shows. Yeah, it's not dark and gritty and heavy and angry and angsty. It's more happy and bubbly and fun and energetic and, and light and colorful. So when you bring them together and add music, Ken, I cannot imagine something being more delightful. As in, I don't really watch either of these shows, but I would probably check out this two-parter just just for to see what the sounds are like. And, and Melissa Benoit or Benoist, or, well, however you pronounce it, I I, I was uh, I shudder away. From I think saying, it's, I think it's actually Benoit. I always shudder away from saying the word Benoit just just cause. Yeah, <laughs> but, but yeah, Melissa Benoit, she is delightful. Grant Gustin is a tremendous flash. I'm I'm really looking forward to this. I'm very okay. excited. So, Gary, would you care to rank our stories? Okay, worst is Trump. Duh. Just because he's by Trump. default, yeah. Um, what do you think? Mm. Movie goer fourth. That's Movie goer fourth. This is boring. Um, I w- I want to say musical episode third. Yeah, uh, the, the sheer dumb awful look of the of the cops, co- the cops catching the pawn the the pawn star crooks because the pawn star. Sorry. Okay, words. Okay, you can start <laughs> again. The sheer the sheer you know randomness and like chance of this actually happening w- w- makes me put that story of, of the guy stealing from the pawn, pawn store owner in, in second yep and just because he's won bloody every olympic medal known to man for the last 12 years phelps up one well he won every other race why not win this one <laughs> yeah with the proviso we get to take it away from him if he's cheating yeah hopefully he's not cheating so, so if, <laughs> if you're listening michael phelps please send us a sample of your urine yes we, we need it in order for you to be officially handed the award of who knew best we're not going to sell it on ebay <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> would you sell his uh, it's like michael phelps urine you can test it yourself it depends how much i can get for it that's true how much, how much do you think his urine would sell for? You'd got to think it would probably be a decent amount. I reckon you get a couple of grand for it. I think you'd get like 10 grand for Michael Phelps' piss. <laughs> Gar, too often we talk about piss on this podcast. Yeah. It's a piss cast. He didn't do the piss nomination, did he? He didn't, no. He didn't drink his own piss. Gar, <laughs> That's how you prove you're clean. Drink your own piss and you're clean. Yeah. The tone of this podcast is tanking, Gar. So <laughs> yeah, get out. Get out of the segment, Ken. Get out of the segment, which is uh, clocked in at a whopping 46 minutes. Woo! It's been a while. Yeah, we're, we're giving you loads of podcasting goodness. To make up for all the weeks that we've been gone. We're all unused out for this week. Do you agree with our ranking? Let us know on Twitter at TWSKK or on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash TWSKK. We'll be right back with a preview of the upcoming Premier League season, so stay tuned. You're listening to the Weekend Show Podcast with Ken Kidney. Download a new episode every Saturday at soundcloud.com slash TWSKK or find us on iTunes. It's that time of the year again, folks. While we've had no shortage of sport this summer, as we're in the midst of the Olympics, we had a Copper America and a European Championships. So it's not like we've been sport deprived for the last few weeks, Ken. Regular football will return with the 2016-2017 Premier League season starting tomorrow as we record this. Yeah. Probably today as you listen to it. I've actually bought Sky Sports in anticipation. Really? How much does it cost? It's 18 euro a month, but it goes like to double after six months, so just cancel it. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> six months is fine. That's yeah. more than enough. Yeah. So we figured just like last year when we spectacularly failed to predict who would win the league and who would be relegated and who would finish in the top four. If you go back and listen to our Premier League review, a season review from, from a few months ago, you'll realize just how badly we did. Um, in fairness, not even the world and their aunt would not have predicted Leicester City. No, you predicted they'd be relegated, so you did even worse. But like, <laughs> Gareth, they, like, it's a testament to their miracle. Yeah, 
It is a miracle. We thought we'd embarrass ourselves yet again, Ken, by previewing everything to do with this year's Premier League season. We are gluttons for punishment, so we're going back for seconds. Yep. So, Ken, a lot of managerial changes this year. I think that's the the big theme. There's a lot of big-name managers coming into the Premier League this year. Conte coming to Chelsea, Mourinho at United. It's kind of symptomatic of football these days that you can fail miserably at a job and then get a really good job afterwards. Roberto Martin is his Belgium manager. He has a career track record of failing everywhere he's gone. His his Everton run was a spectacular failure. His his Wigan run is notable only for the fact that he just about managed to avoid relegation every year until his last year there, Ken, when he got them relegated and somehow he's managed to get a promotion every time he's been fired uh, David Moyes has got the Sunderland job because uh, Sam Allardyce has for some reason got the England job yeah Uh, Sam is is a steady hand yeah but David Moyes has failed at his last two jobs quite quite badly you can understand why he'd fail in Spain because he doesn't know the footballing culture and you can kind of understand why he'd fail at United because the the successor to Ferguson was always going to fail but at least David Moyes had a very very successful run at Everton you can understand why a Premier League manager would go, look at this guy who turned a mid-table Premier League club into a really solid, reliable, making Europe every second year kind of club. Yeah. You can understand why someone would look at him and think, maybe he can do that for us. Yeah. So I don't mind Moyes as much. Roberto Martinez gets on my nerves. Yeah. Pep at City. We have Coleman who moved to Everton. Is that... I, I didn't see that as, as a better move for him. It's more of a lateral move. Yeah. You see Sunderland... Or Sunderland. You see Southampton got raided again this year. Yeah. Not only did their manager get raided. Wanyama got raided. Pella has gone to China. China. Yeah. I and think. and uh, Mane has gone to Liverpool. Yeah. So again, Southampton have been thoroughly raided. But this is... this Like that was the... This is the actually the third time this has happened. That they've lost their manager and lost a, a good chunk of their star players. And they still managed to kind of... Come out better. Not, come not, better. not, not even like stay steady. They, they've come out better each yeah. time they've been raided like like Liverpool really should have learned the lesson that raiding Southampton isn't the answer to all of your problems Liverpool so all the Liverpool fans should become Southampton fans that's yes. the answer and they're all going to become Liverpool players eventually <laughs> and we also have Klopp's first full season at the helm of Liverpool yeah and uh, Claude Poole who was Nice, Lyon Lille and Monaco manager is taking over at Southampton yep. or has taken over at Southampton yep I've never heard of him he didn't manage Leon during the the big years either. So when they won the seven in a row, yep. Until so, PSG got a boatload of money, it's like, well, suck it, Leon. Who who is the sore thumb there for you, Gar? Who who sticks out the most as, as kind of like not suited to Premier League? For me, it's Conte. Well, Conte plays a very specific brand of football. Yeah, it's organized, it's disciplined, it's get the job done football. He won the league all the time with Juventus, but. Then match fixing, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as you tug on your collar a little. Yeah. Uh, of course, he did a very good job with a pretty poor Italian team at the Euros. Yeah. So you know he he has a track record of success. That said, do Chelsea have the assets to get the job done? They spent quite a bit of money, not quite as much as they had in recent years. Yeah. Uh, Uni- ba- United and City here leading the the spending stakes. We'll talk about that in a moment. Basically, they bought in Kante, which I think is a very important buy for them because they lost Lampard and uh, Fabregas is, is old and crocked. Yeah. So I think they need a player like Kante. And out of all the losses that that Leicester could have had, and they didn't have as many losses as you thought they might. Yep. Because I, I had a feeling they'd get raided. Kante is the absolute worst. You see, of of the Leicester City players of their wonderful season, Kante is the only one that I would confidently call a world class player. Yeah. Not not a player that had just a miraculous season. Jamie Vardy is is further on the other end. I think Jamie Vardy had a, an above average season. He performed above his capabilities. I think, and I think Mares did a little as well. I think confidence and and just belief, like because that that 
they're kind of both players who've kind of been shopped around a while, but they've been shown kind of faith and, and belief by Brian Yeri. So they're kind of, I think, like, a confident striker is 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 a dangerous striker. Yeah. You know? So for me, Jamie Vardy and Mahrez, he's a midfielder, of course, but, like, they, they score goals because they were so confident and so, you know, buoyant. Yeah, there's, there's, when a striker is on form, there, there's that, that moment of, like, conviction when they're in the box. You know, yeah. when they have the ball, you believe they're going to score because you know they believe they're going to score. Because they rise above their ability as such. Yeah, know, whereas when you watch, like, 2016 Fernando Torres, yeah. whose, like, confidence is shot, his talent is shot. He, yeah. he, had, he had stolen in a basketball by monsters from space. And yeah. you see when he he gets the ball, he doesn't have faith in himself. He doesn't believe anymore. Yeah, and I think it's it's kind of almost symptomatic and almost kind of ironic. Not oh, maybe ironic is the wrong word. That the first test for Leicester to see can they kind of repeat their success this year was the Community Shield, which they lost. Yep. In fairness, they were competitive. It's not like they were yeah. they were walked over. And they have been competitive in preseason as well. You know, they took Barcelona close, and they they well, they kind of got hammered by Barcelona for a while, and then started coming back. Yeah. But Liverpool beat Barcelona like 4-1 in pre-season, didn't they? 4-0. 4-0. And then lost the next day to Mainz 0-5. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> also 4-0. That is, so, that is such such a Liverpool kind of thing to do, isn't it? Uh, Liverpool, yeah, they've had a mixed pre-season. Uh, yep. Big signings are kind of like Mane and Wijnaldum. Wijnaldum yep. had a good season at Newcastle last year, but Newcastle got relegated last year. <laughs> but uh, I saw a good point that Danny Ings has to feel like a new signing because he got injured so early on last year. Yep, he's coming back into that team, especially with Benteke on the outs, yeah. if they can actually sell him. He scored a bunch of goals in pre-season, uh, Danny Ings. Uh, but uh, probably the signing of the season for them seems to be uh, Marco Grujic. Yeah, he's had a good pre-season anyway. 5.6 minutes, scored 3 or 4 goals already. Like. But pre-season is, is rarely an indicator of anything. <laughs> I know, but he seems confident and he seems like... He fits in well with the style of play, at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, that header, did you see that header he scored against Barcelona? That was pretty, pretty bonkers. No, I didn't. <laughs> yeah. uh, big signings are Zlatan and Pogba to United, two of the most overrated footballers in the world, in my book. <laughs> I almost like I like like I almost sighed a sigh of relief when Pogba signed for United just because I was that sick of hearing about it. Like, yep. Especially how long that transfer saga went on. I've never rated Paul Bogba. They spent 90 minutes to buy back a player they had in the first place. That they got rid of for free. Yeah. <laughs> Great job. Great bit of business, United. Slatan, I think if they manage his minutes, he could be very effective for them. He's old, like. He's e- even in his prime, I don't I don't rate him. He did well in France, yeah. which is France. But again, he has that confidence that gives him that extra he doesn't have confidence again he has arrogance he 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 goes far past confidence it works egos the size of a small like african nation but it it works for him though yeah it does he he wants he considers himself a god i wonder does he actually believe that or is it an act i was wondering about these kind of people because like some of these people want to exude that kind of aura because then people fear them but it's not like it's not really a swedish thing to be very swedes are very modest and and kind of we do our business very efficiently and that's what we do but i think he's like he's serbian or he's bosnian he has like well ibrahimovic is not much of a swedish name no he has he has kind of other roots so maybe it's that's where his arrogance comes from it couldn't (laughs) be swedish just like irish people tend to veer veer, veer toward like quietly self-deprecating yeah you know, I don't like praise. If people praise me, I'm like, stop it. Stop saying things about yeah. me. <laughs> Speaking of Liverpool. Stop talking about me. Yeah. Speaking of Liverpool, one of his other uh, their other great bits of business was getting like 15 million for Ibe to, to go to board. I, I have this written down. Jordan Ibe for 15 million pounds is one of the most absurd transfers I've ever seen. I, I, I think Liverpool was like, pay sure? 15? All right. <laughs> are you sure it's not? Are you sure he didn't get the decimal point in the wrong place? Are you sure 1. it's not one point five? <laughs> no, takes his back. Yeah, this is the offer. Offer acceptance. It's legal. Uh, we also have Welsh Pirlo to Stoke. Well done, guy. Yep, that's what I wrote down. Welsh Pirlo, Joe Allen. 
Which I, I thought he was a weird. He was one of the better players for Wales at the Euros. Yeah, and he's he played, a good buy for Stoke. And he's an impact. He's been a quite a big impact sub for Liverpool last season. Because when you when you look at Stoke, say I, I think Joe Allen's basically there to replace Glenn Whelan yeah. in the kind of medium term because Joe Allen's not exactly a young man in his own right. But Glenn Whelan's getting up there though. Glenn Whelan still signed, a, I think, a two year deal at the end of last season, so he's still yeah. at Stoke for the time being. Stoke were chasing side over Arginio. I don't think they quite got him. No. Uh, He's West, still at West Brom. West Brom are determined to hold on to him. Uh, City spent big this summer on Gundogan. Gundogan's a hard word. Sane, Gabriel Jesus, yep. and Stones. All of these players were, I think, 30 plus million signings. Yeah. Uh, so, but like. Uh, and of course, Pep Guardiola is, is now Manchester City manager. He yeah. had he has a bit of work to do with that squad because that yeah. squad is, is getting old and they're injury prone. And, yeah. you know, there's. Like, um, Torre is past his prime. Silva is past his prime. Aguero is still the best striker in the Premier League, but, you know, he's injury prone. He's said that he's leaving in 2019. Yeah. Company is still very good when he plays, but, of course, he's injury prone. Joe Hart is nowhere near a great goalkeeper. He showed that in the Euros a number of times. City, City have a lot of work to do, and I think he knows that, and he's, that's the reason he spent £120 million on four footballers. And what was the final fee for Stones? Was it £50 million? Yeah, £48 million. Pounds. Oh, my God. It's absurd, man. Like, uh, Everton bought Ashley Williams from uh, Swansea for £12 million. And fair enough, Ashley Williams is 31, where Stones is in his early 20s. But Everton basically bought a better central defender for a £36 million profit, basically. <laughs> I, uh, you have very strong feelings on Stones, Gary. You think he's a, a bit of a flash in the pan? Or... Yeah, he had he had a very good start in his kind of first year. And then, uh, fair enough, he was being managed by Roberto Martinez, who does not understand the idea of defending whatsoever. <laughs> There's no such thing as defending in Martinez's book. So maybe it's just that. Maybe they just they were a tactical mess, and that's why he didn't look that great a defender last year. But he did not look that great a defender last year. Yeah, and like Phil Jagielka started getting older, and he couldn't really carry stones as much anymore. Because mm. Jagielka is a rock solid defender in his own right. Getting up there, though. He's getting years. up there. He's not a young man anymore. Wanyam and Janssen to Spurs. That um, they're relatively quiet, but two two solid buys there. I, I think those are two like fill a void they have buys because Janssen scored goals for days in the the year visa. Yeah. But that's Stalin. So always take goals being scored by uh, uh, players in oh. Holland with a pinch of salt. Yeah, because you have like Liverpool have gone to, to that well as well, and it's worked quite well. They they got Dirk Huyt who scored like literally three or four goals a week in the Eredivisie. Yeah, Eredivisie. Eredivisie. Whatever. And <laughs> whatever he scored some important goals. Yep, Dirk uh, Dur- Dur- Card is more or less a Liverpool legend. Yeah, give or um, take. <laughs> they also got Suarez from there, so yep. you know. It, and and Van Nistelrooy, of course, came from Holland and scored boatloads of goals. I, I've kept one of the big teams for last card because I wanted to mention it because every year the poor Arsenal fans. Yep. You see, I think they have. I, Arsenal need a striker. Yeah. I think that that's relatively undisputed. But every year the Arsenal fans want Wenger to spend big and spend big and, and spend big. And it's not big. his style. He won't do it. He won't do it if the the right deal isn't there. You know, he'll he'll buy Ozil because Ozil on his day is one of the best players in the world. He'll buy Sanchez because Sanchez on his day is one of the best players in the world, and he will pay the fee he believes those players are worth. But if you try to get somebody out, you don't get money out of him that. He's no. not willing to give. Exactly. That's not his style. If you want to try and extort money out of Arsene Wenger, he's like, nope, I'm going to pay you what, exactly what I think uh, those, that person's value is. Because Wenger is an economist by trade. Yeah. He, he was an economist in school. He yeah. believes in stats. He believes in all that kind of stuff. So he has a value for a footballer. And if you try to get more out of him, he won't pay it. Shut it down. He'll just let the player go. And people get so mad when, when Higuain goes off to Juventus for, for like 70 million because he's not going to pay 70 million for somebody or Lacazette doesn't move because he's not willing to spend the money. Yeah. And, you know, eventually 
he'll buy somebody because like he, he spent loads of money on Ozil. He spent loads of money on Sanchez. They bought Granit Xhaka, who I think is a good player. He had a quiet Euros, though. He's playing for Switzerland, though, the rubbish. <laughs> Switzerland had a very bad Euros. Yeah. But he, he he's a good, rock-solid player. He's the kind of player they need in central midfield, but I'm not sure he's the kind of player they needed in central midfield after they bought or after Coughlin came through their academy. But yeah. then again, they lost Arteta, Roshiki, and what's the third guy? Uh, Flamini. Yeah. All of those three have left. Fair enough, they're old and getting on, so they needed replacing in the central midfield roles. And Jack is a good player. He does a job for them. That He, he gives them a spine. He gives them a hard edge that they tend to lack. But goals, where are they going to come from? Yeah, I don't think you're going to win the league with... with uh, uh... Olivier Giroud? Yeah, because he, he he's not he he doesn't take his chances. He get he he creates a lot of chances, but he doesn't he's not he doesn't have that killer instinct. If Giroud had a good player playing up there with him, I think they'd be unstoppable. And Sanchez getting up there in years as well. He's like. not. He's in his mid to late twenties. He's what like twenty six, twenty seven. That's old. It's old in football. He's it's playing, not. <laughs> but he's playing a lot of football in the last. He, while. he has. He was playing during the the Copa America. The last two summers, and so. they they won the Copa America, didn't they? Again, yeah. They went all the way. So yeah. He would have been playing a lot of summer uh, summer football, but I I'm gonna predict them to win the league again, Ken, because it's going to happen. They've been yeah. up there for like the last okay. four years. Okay, so you're, uh, we'll, we'll we'll officially lock in that in a while. So, United and Chelsea, they, they can't possibly have the kind of seasons they've had recently, especially with that kind of. Well, Chelsea can't. Yeah. Chelsea will have a better year this year than they had yeah. last year, surely. The the lack of European football would actually help them, I think, as well. Yeah, because yeah, I was shocked. I was looking at the League Cup draw, you know, because uh, I, I was watching the, the Bristol Rovers Cardiff game the other day because the winner played Chelsea. And I'm like, Chelsea? Oh, yeah, they're not in Europe. They're in that round of the League Cup. Yeah. Because usually teams don't come into the next round when they're in Europe. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> Chelsea. Same at Liverpool. Um, United... They've spent a, sh- a, a shocking amount of money to try and get back up yep. there. They do have European football in the Europa League, um, which may hamper them because playing... It usually does hamper teams, yeah. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if United took a back seat in that to try and... How long do you think Jose uh, gets, Jose? How long do you think he gets? Uh, that's a good question. I think if... I he gets a year. I think if he doesn't make the Champions League, he'll, he'll go in one year. Do you think? I don't think they'll sack him in a year. Do you don't think so? I don't think so. I, I don't think... Like, people are predicting United to win the league. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think they have the players, but... But they could United their way to the league. And Jose, Jose wins trophies in his first couple of years as a manager everywhere he goes. That's what he does. That's that's track record. He wins trophies, he fades away, and he gets fired. Yeah. That's what happens with all of Jose's jobs. But then he gets even better jobs. Like, he, he faded away at, at Real Madrid and then got the Chelsea job again. Yeah. And then it, he won the league with Chelsea. And faded away with Chelsea and got the United job. So because people know Jose will win you a league, and then he'll at least one. Yeah, he'll at least win you one, and then uh, a lot of dissent will rise within his ranks. His teams will fall apart. He'll have a mild mental breakdown, and he'll be fired. <laughs> That's the way Jose's managerial runs tend to go. So, like during, toward the end of that Chelsea run, he was going mad. It's just like <laughs> he was Jose. literally having a mental breakdown after every game. It's like on TV. It's like, and then he just walk away and not, <laughs> yeah. and refuse to talk to anyone. That was great fun. So Tottenham, Gar, can they build on this year? That's that's an interesting question because the, the two teams, like uh, Spurs finished third last year, not second. I always remember that. They, they totally bottled it. Yeah. Arsenal but, came a very hollow second though. Yep, but they still finished second. Yeah. Uh, Spurs, relative to last year, I think have the best bet of improving. Because yeah. I don't think they've lost anything. Yeah. And I think they're the only team who didn't really lose anything. Yeah. And 
they gained a couple of good players. Wanyama gives them a, a sturdy central midfielder, and Jansen might give them 20 more goals. And like if Jansen and Kane are both firing on all cylinders, if Jansen brings that third visa form over to the Premier League, along with Kane scoring his 25 goals a year, that's a formula for winning a league. But will Kane continue on? Sorry, that, that's the question. He, he was not a one-trick wonder, uh, one year, one-season wonder again. He's so far been a two-season wonder. But, uh, he followed it up. He, he didn't. He stormed onto the scene and had a great year, but then he followed it up with another great year to prove it wasn't a fluke. He wasn't a Kevin Phillips. Ah, uh, Kevin Phillips. Who had that 30-goal season and then well, had a nice, solid career. Coasted on it for another 20 years. <laughs> yeah, basically. One, one, one year for every goal he scored. <laughs> yeah. He was a good striker in his day. But yeah, I think Spurs are an interesting team to watch, but at the end of the day, Ken, no matter what, it always comes back to the fact, Ken, they're Spurs. Yeah. And they're they're going to spurs it up. They'll spurs the shit out of it. Yeah. Uh, Gary Liverpool, do you think they're still in transition or are they growing? Can they can reach the, type, the, the the heights again? Or I don't know. Like Klopp plays a particular brand of football. He plays a brand of football that if done well can be extremely successful. Does it, but they've had mixed results in pre-season and this is just the first time that he's had the team for a full pre-season. Yeah, he has no excuse now. It's not Brendan Rodgers' team anymore. It's his. He's had this team for a full pre-season. He's been, at, he's been instilling his values into these people for the last month. Who knows? Yep. I, 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 I don't know. You see, this season, like, pick a Premier League winner. It, it's hard. I mean, it we're, is, we're about to do it, but it's really yeah, hard. It's tough. Because Leicester winning it last year just throws everything out of whack. Yeah, like, and then the question is, how will Leicester do this year? What yeah. is success for Leicester this year? Um, I saw an article that said if they can, can at least reach another top four finish. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Champions League is a home run for them this year. Yeah. If they get if they got that, they would actually solidify themselves as one of the top teams financially. And that could probably yeah. propel them into kind of being like a city that kind of had the, back, the, the money to kind of keep. I, th- I think Ranieri has, has done a smart job in a transfer window this year. Yeah. I don't think he's overcommitted based on a one season like like overperformance because you could see some managers who were like, they, they will get the cash windfall from the Champions League and they'll get the cash windfall from the prize money and go, let's go nuts. We have this money. Yeah. I don't think Ranieri's done that this year. I think he's like, Let, let's buy players who fit our ethos, but not break the bank. And he's done a good job of keeping players there that might have gotten a bit big for their boots. And they lost Kante. Yeah. They kept everyone else. And fair enough, the only two players that would have, like Danny Drinkwater and Wes Morgan, aren't great footballers. Kante, Let's not pretend yeah. they are. Kante is a huge loss. Kante was a, a, was kind of want away for probably half the last season as well. He, he kind of, you know, when things were starting to look good for Leicester, he's always on bigger things. So. Yeah, probably. And Chelsea. Chelsea's an interesting yeah. one for him. And Could be a move backwards. I think Ranieri <laughs> accepted that and said, look... He said at the end of the season, if there's no one that wants to be here, they're free to go once people meet their value. Because they don't want to, to just disrupt like, They would have sold Vardy if Vardy wanted to go. Vardy didn't want to go. Like They would have sold him to Arsenal. They were willing to. He flattered the city for a while, but I think he came to his senses in the end. I, I think at the end of the day, Vardy knows that there's less pressure and expectations on him at Leicester than there is at Arsenal. Yeah, If we look at a comparable case, Gar, Montpellier in Ligue 1 mm-hmm. went from nowhere. They were like 15th, 14th. Uh, they went all, with Giroud they went and won the league and then they, next season they went back down to 12, 13, 14 yep. uh, I feel like this is going to happen for Leicester do you think they'll do that badly? I I, I think so because there's, uh, there's a lot of teams in the league this season that are looking at those top four places Yeah, more probably than ever like yeah. Stoke, Southampton, West Ham, Everton all those teams will be looking at say you know that fourth spot yeah they'll be looking at that fourth spot they think that that's a realistic proposition Especially when you think United haven't been been so hot recently. City are a team on the decline, even if they have the best manager in the world at the moment. Chelsea had a terrible year. 
Spurs are Spurs. <laughs> yeah. And the team that won the league last year could conceivably finish 15th this year. That's a thing that could happen. Exactly. Or they could go and win the league again. Who knows? I don't think they will. I don't think anyone thinks they will, but no one thought they'd win it last year, did they? So Gareth City under Pep. Interesting question. Yeah. A lot of work to do. A lot of work to do. I think uh, this season could almost be a write-off for them. They won't do too badly. I think they'd still get Champions League football. But I, I um, we'll, we'll go, which we'll kind of segue into the predictions now. But I, I don't think they're going to be world beaters. And there is a huge rumour that Ozil is on his way out of Arsenal as well. So. I know that's been running for months now. Yeah. So, um, okay, Garrett, do you want to do, we'll do the bottom first? We'll do top first. We'll start with top. Okay, so fourth place for Garrett. Leicester City. Oh, you're sticking with Leicester? I, I think they'll do it. I, yeah. I have faith in their underdog story that they'll still snake their way into the top four next year. Okay. Uh, third? Even though I think like most of their squad is terribly mediocre. But they play above their station with a belief. Third, Manchester United. Yep. I don't think Jose's not making Champions League this year. Or at least as good as that. Okay. Yep. Second. Manchester City. Manchester City. Yep. Which means that Gary is sticking with I'm his... I'm sticking with Arsenal. I predicted them to win the bloody league for the last four years. And there was periods during those last four years, pretty much every season, where they've looked like they could. And they haven't. So I'm just going to keep predicting it till it happens and then look like Nostradamus when it does. Okay. Before we predict the relegation, Gar, You have to predict your top four. I'll, I'll predict the top four. Okay. Um, four. Four. I'm going to say Manchester City. Ooh, not a great year for City. I just... I just, I don't I don't believe he can turn that team into... into he spent a, a lot title, of money. Into a title winning side. Like, City has spent a lot of money in, in years gone by and they've got a certain amount of return for it. I mean, they've gotten to the Champions League semi-final and and stuff like that but really money doesn't buy a team and he I think Pep has a very and again like Klopp has a very specific philosophy style of football it'll take a while for him to embed that that, that is true do do they have the players to play that quick kind of yeah. three player triangle football Barcelona they are not they're not so and even Bayern München they are not also. They're, they're not no that, that, that's the biggest test of Pep's career which is yeah. interesting I, I hate these managers that go like, like Pep going from Barcelona to Bayern Munich it was not a challenge it was one foregone conclusion to another this is a challenge the City team they have boatloads of resources but they don't really have the talent at the moment so it's interesting to see what he does with it third I have Arsenal ooh you you, you copied my prediction last year predicted they'd win the league yeah I just don't think they have this like I think I feel like they'll do an Arsenal they'll either fly out of the gates and peter out or else they'll they'll stumble out and then they'll They'll have a great run at the end. It'll be too late. If if they can keep players fit, which I think has been their biggest problem in the last five years, haven't been able to keep players fit, they they have a really good chance. They have a great team. They're lacking a striker, though. Uh, So I'm going to go for second. I'm going to say Chelsea. Okay. I think Conte is a good manager. He's like he'll get results. He will, and and he'll get those. He'll grind out those wins. That should that should be his philosophy. He's Italian. That's how they Mm -hmm. play football. Yeah, so I I I think like and they haven't lost that much and like last year they had what they had the the right elements. I mean they didn't have anything. They didn't have a bad team. It just I think Hazard looked to be kind of regaining some of that form at the back in the last season exactly. during the Euros. Hazard's kind of getting his mojo back. Um, uh, I don't know. I I just feel as if Chelsea can't have a bad season. A bad season, especially. The, if the season was longer they probably would have finished higher up the table because they, mm-hmm. they gathered a lot of moment, momentum towards the end and first first this is a tough one for me Gar. you're not going to argue it are you uh, I'm not going to argue it Gar. Oh, I'm going to be realistic not even top four for Liverpool I, and Gar, I'm going to go against what you said I'm going to protect Manchester United okay so no Spurs either 
Neither of us have picked Spurs to finish in the top four, which is interesting. I just, I don't know what it is about Man United, but I I think like every... every, That legacy of success is hard to back against. Every time it it feels like it's been a long time that they've won the league or like their dynasty is over. They They snap it back. It kind of happened before, you know, when Chelsea started to take over and then they They, they went like three years without winning the trophy. Yeah, and then like... Then they, they suddenly won it for another six years or whatever. Two or three, two like three, three or four times within six years. So. Yeah. Um, town will be good for goals. I hope they they should manage his minutes possibly. I think there's probably another big signing in United. I think they're going to splash cash on one more big signing. Yep. Uh, Traxler so, is being linked with everyone under the sun at the yeah. moment, Arsenal included. Yeah. So, Gar, before we go relegation candidates, let, let's let's give two candidates each who we think are going to be surprise packages. They're going to rise up the table. Who are going to Push for European spots. You see, surprise packages is a a difficult term these days. Yeah, you know, like like, would Stoke be a surprise package? Not really. We talked about this before. Like every team has money now because it is the the richness of the league and the financial deals to do with TV rights and stuff like that. And like scouting has never become easier. Yeah, there there's like a network of, of you can watch any game from around the world anytime you like. So it's not like these players that are playing in back where backyard of nowhere Brazilian leagues or whatever or European leagues aren't being found they're being found it's just a matter of who's going to find them first so like money and opportunity is there for everyone these days yep but it's hard to pick like as I said what is overperforming like technically I think Everton will overperform relative to how they did last year but I would say like people who will contend for European spots that you might not expect that's probably the criteria on set down no one no, I don't think I don't think like last year the two side surprise packages in the league were Leicester City who won the league yeah. and Watford who came flying actually West Ham as well three yeah. Watford who had a very good season and West Ham who had a really really good solid season so so now expectations have been risen for the likes of Southampton for Stoke for West Ham and even yeah. Everton you, you'd expect Everton to finish top eight this year so like I don't think there's really a surprise package in the league this year so you're declining Kerr? I'm saying nobody <laughs> yes uh, I'm going to pick two. I'm going to say West Ham are going to continue that momentum. Well, but that you see that the, 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 my problem with picking them is they finished fifth last year, didn't they? Yeah. So, I think they could push into the Champions League if they... If they well, you didn't them. predict them to, did you? You didn't, have, you didn't have the balls to predict them to. But based on last year, based on the, them having a great coach and this magnificent new stadium and all the buzz around that, I think they can ride that wave. Arsenal haven't won a, a, tro- a Premier League since they moved to the Emirates, Ken. Yeah. Maybe the spirit will be lost. Okay, I'm going to throw a left field one here, Gar. Okay. Crystal Palace. I'm going to predict them to be relegated, so that's quite left field Yeah. I think Crystal Palace, uh, they have got like billionaire new ownership. There's, mm-hmm. they're, they're splashing a bit of cash. Uh, they, they, they flew out of the traps last season, much like Leicester City did. Like, and then nearly collapsed. Nobody would have been talking about them, uh, uh, or people would have talked about them more if uh, Leicester City hadn't done the way they did. But, and uh, if they didn't nearly, well, they never nearly got relegated, so, but they very nearly got dragged into that battle yeah, toward the end. Yeah. So I'm going to say Crystal Palace are going to make the Europa League. I'm going to say they're going to be relegated. So that's your first one, Gar? Yeah. Who else is getting relegated for you? Um, It's tough, but I'm going to go Burnley. are going to go back down. They seem to be a bit of a yo-yo club. A bit of a yo-yo team. And Bournemouth. Bournemouth. Second season syndrome. Second season syndrome. Which we'll talk about again in a while. Yep. I think Swansea will do okay this year. Actually, no, I'm subbing one, Ken. Okay, Gar. Uh, Bournemouth are going to stay up. Watford. Watford are going to go down? Partially because I kind of want them to go down for sacking uh, uh, Flores. Yeah. Because, you know, he was a good manager who did uh, an above-average job with that team. And I think they deserve to be relegated for firing him. <laughs> so you don't think Sunderland, who've been kind of there, thereabouts? For I, I, think, I think Moyes is a good enough manager to get enough out of them. Okay. 
hell is this ordered in? Alphabetical order. It's not alphabetical. Look what bloody Sunderland is. I took this Premier League table off a flash score just so we'd remember everyone who's in the league. And it's kind of alphabetical, except Bournemouth is down in 19th and Sunderland is up in 8th. So it's not an alphabetical anyway. That's something another one can see. There you go. I don't know. Um, So who did I say? You said... Burnley, Crystal Palace and Watford. Yeah, those are my official lockdown predictions. Cool, cool. Go on. It's in stone now, Gar. Uh, I'm going to say Middlesbrough. Okay. I think Middlesbrough have a handy enough team, though. That's the reason I didn't predict. I think they have a, a decent enough side. Depends how they, how, how much confidence Champions League winning goalkeeper, too. That's a good point. Uh, they, well they, they've been ambitious in who they bought. but Victor Fisher, who they bought from it's PSV or Ajax. I'm pretty sure it's PSV. Yeah. Or Ajax. No, I'm pretty sure it's Ajax. Uh, good footballer. Now that you mentioned I buy it, him all the time in football yeah, manager. Have I talked yeah. you out of Middlesbrough? No, but now that you mentioned it, Middlesbrough... When they were in the Premier League before, had had a, a good habit of buying kind of gems of players that kind of on the Janinos of this world, yeah. or the Massimo Macarones, but who's I, still playing in Italy. I I just feel like they've kind of been out of the league for a long time, so it depends like how much confidence they'll have. And um, they kind of they won they they got into the Premier League last year, but towards the end, the wheels started coming off a small bit. So yeah, but they've been pushing for a few years now, haven't they? Yeah. So, uh, they're not strong finishers. I don't I, think. I think that tends to be the case. Uh, teams that spend a few years up toward the top of the championship before yeah. going up, I think they tend to accumulate a strong enough squad to stay up when they do yeah. go up. Whereas teams that, that go up on a kind of a flash for a moment yeah, tend to sudden. go back down. I'm going to say Burnley as well, just because they've had no pedigree of success in the Premier League. Yep. Didn't they like have a record low points start the last time? Yeah. Uh, or oh, not last time, time before that. Last time yeah. they did okay. And my third one's going to be Hull City. Ooh, Hull. Oh, yeah. Hull had a very tumultuous preseason as well. Yeah. I'm now thinking of changing. I've locked in my predictions. Their manager just quit and he didn't even get the England job. He just quit. Yeah, Steve Bruce is just like, he had like 14 fit players or something. Yeah. It's just like, can't do it, guys. If you're not going to buy anybody, I'm out. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a bit of tumult going around Hull at the moment. And, yeah, just they've got nothing. Yeah. So, Hull City, I'm going to say last place. I'm going to say, uh, who else did I predict? Bernie, <laughs> Bernie in second last place and Middlesbrough. Uh, a, a, the plucky pluck fighter, fighter go down in the end. Yeah. Fair enough. Cool. We've locked in our Premier League predictions again. Putting them in the Premier League time capsule to open it in May and reveal ourselves to be fools. Yeah. Especially that I picked Arsenal. <laughs> who do you think will win the Premier League? Do you think we under or oversold anybody? Let us know on Twitter at TDRSKK or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash TDRSKK. After the break, we'll be talking about what TV shows can do to hook us in their second season and beyond. So don't touch that dial, because this is old-timey radio, and all of a sudden we have dials and stuff. Stick around. You're listening to The Weekend Show Podcast with Ken Kidney. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash TWSKK, Twitter at TWSKK, or search for TWSKK on YouTube. You're listening to The Weekend Show Ken Kidney here in the TWS studio with my award-winning co-host Garrett. Studio in inverted commas. It's a, st- it's a makeshift studio. You can't be a studio if you sleep here, Tim. It's a, it's a multi-purpose studio. <laughs> sure. With a new TV season just around the corner, many new shows will be making their way onto our airwaves. But that's not what we're going to talk about today, or this week. Yep. We will do a full fall preview in future, so don't worry. We'll... Mm-hmm. 
bombard your ears with that. Mm. All those terrible shows that you'll hear of once and then you never hear of again. It's like, oh, they're, and you'll see them on RTE or whatever your te- terrestrial television channel is when they're on at like one in the morning. And that's like the ultimate sign that the show has been cancelled. <laughs> exactly. It's because they just get burned off on other networks. Yeah. Today, I am interested in second seasons. Yep. What makes or breaks them? Why do so many shows suffer the fate of the second se- season syndrome? That's actually a football term I've learned, but it, it, it applies to TV as well. Yep. Uh, how can it be prevented, Gar? We're going to tell you. Well, I don't think we're going to tell anybody. <laughs> but Then I thought we'd broaden out the discussion and talk a little bit about boomerang shows, but more on that intriguing tidbit of a topic in a little bit. Yeah. So, Gar, what, what for you are the pitfalls of the second season? It, it comes back to shows that have a very, like, nailed down, this is what this show is about kind of idea. Yeah. Like, like uh, Mr. Robot is a very good example of that because that film started life as, as a movie and it was turned into a television show so it was innately fleshed out to, to go from, you know, uh, two hours to, to ten hours. But then a movie is generally a closed book. It's a closed-ended narrative. It starts and it finishes and there's a middle and an end and a, a conclusion and everything's wrapped up. So when the show goes to season two, what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> and that's when shows start to go off the rails, Ken. Thankfully, Mr. Robot hasn't quite gone off the rails yet, though some signs. Um, yeah. But when shows go from season one to season two and they had a very specific idea of what they were in season one and then they have to come up with a new idea for what they are in season two, the rail the rails begin to become a little shaky. Yeah, I think you've hit on something very, very poignant there, Gar. Like, uh, an example, I finished watching Crazy Ex-Girlfriend recently. Yep. And that has a very, very specific premise. Where a woman in love with someone she she met in camp like 10 years ago suddenly fall, meets that guy and moves across the country to fall in love with him again. Yeah, so... She's the, the crazy ex-girlfriend. The, tr- the, the tricky part is can be in, in transitioning out of that. Yep. So, like, can you be more than that? Are people interested in it being more than that? And, and the idea is that's the premise you hook people with. Yeah. And then you get them to love those characters. And you broaden out. So you transition from a show about that very specific idea into kind of a, a musical sitcom, rom-com based on a beach town. But the the risk is that it, it doesn't know what it is anymore. Yep. When it tries to... You lose the sense of purpose. Exactly. You lose the sense of this is what the show is and what it needs to do when you, you pay off your initial kind of idea. Sleepy Hollow had a very similar problem. Yeah. Because Sleepy Hollow batshit crazy (laughs) absolutely nuts (laughs) like like totally bonkers in its first season but like it it just blew off the 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 main character eventually and and killed people off and thrown people under buses and everything was dying and everything is crazy because the show is bonkers and then it's like where does it go from here (laughs) it's like yeah because like what are the stakes what do i care about now yeah like like the, the this main thread is dead. This other person's dead. What what is the show even about anymore? Yeah. And that's one thing I I really really well really turn me off a show like too many main cast changes in the second season. Yeah. So like they'll bring in a whole new cast of characters, like and they've gotten this all this spent all this time with you caring about these characters. And then it's like this person's gone, dead, whatever. Yeah, who cares? Yeah. New people. I don't care. No, new people are never as good, Ken. Unless it's yeah. it's it's Chris Traeger and. And what's his name? Ben. Ben Wyatt. Ben Wyatt. Because um, Chris, Chris Traeger is the greatest character in the history of television. Yeah. Introduced in a second season. Yeah. On a similar note, though, sitcoms seem especially susceptible to a shaky second season. I don't know. Because the idea is a first season of television is where you find your feet. Yeah. You know, it, it's where no, no first season is usually ever perfect. 
usually the first season is where it's like what are we doing you know what's the show's about who yeah. are these characters you kind of feel that out in the first season yeah. so uh, i think when a first season has generally looser premises yeah then they can kind of explore those characters kind of find their feet in the first season and then that's where the second season is much more confident yeah. like parks and rec parks and rec is a perfect example of the first season was a train wreck yeah. first season had no idea about well it had an idea of what the character in the show was supposed to be but that that idea was so far off of what the show turned out to be and what yeah. their show turned out to be was wonderful but th- there was the second season where they realized look this is what didn't work yeah and here's how we make it work that's a good point Carol. what like like so that's the major benefit of a pilot season yeah but like for me one of the major drawbacks is that like um when, when i first watched parks and rec I watched the pilot season. I watched a couple episodes, and I I really hated it. I just thought like this is trying to be too much like The Office. That it's, feeds it's... into our our second topic again. Yeah. Boomerang shows. Yeah. yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to it, Karen. All in good time. But that's that's a good point. It's just like it's a risk having a pilot season because you're kind of finding your feet and you're testing things out. But people might kind of watch it and go like, nah, not for me. You turn people off. Turn people yeah, off. When you don't find your feet quick enough, you know, television is a, a nasty business. It's camp. a fickle business. They're like, you're not making money. Sorry. You're gone. Uh, more shows are cancelled than shows that survive. It's just like, nope, didn't work, gone. Nope, didn't work, gone. Nope, didn't work, gone. Everything is in and out. So if you don't find your feet quick enough, you're gone. <laughs> so the benefit of a pilot season is that you can kind of like have a test run, make changes, you know, feel out the process, as you said. But it can often kind of be like, well, we tried this and it didn't work. So, sorry. <laughs> so, like, and even that, like, like Grandfathered is a great example of a show that found its feet throughout the first season. By the end of the first season, it was tremendous and it still got cancelled. So, <laughs> so like, even if you find your feet in that first season, even if you do a great job, I'm still bitter about Grandfathered, you know that. Yeah. <laughs> if you do a great job of establishing characters, establishing tone, establishing relationships and stories that you can pay off, you still get cancelled if you don't find your audience. So, who cares? <laughs> Making yeah. a murder is an interesting because that's another show that had a very specific premise. It was about yeah. uh, someone well, was a mur- murder case, yeah. a, a murder case, and a bunch of kids had to avoid being locked up for killing someone. Yeah. <laughs> and you know they they paid that off in the first season, and then the second season is just like a procedural, more or less. No, it, it's still based on the ramifications of yeah. of that first murder. The case of the week kind of thing. Well, yeah, uh, but then it just kind of gets more ridiculous yeah. you know their their solution to well we we finished up with this one first thing what do we do it's just like let's just throw more stuff at the wall hope for the best and on that note how many changes do you think are, are too many you know how many like like for you how many changes are you willing to handle in the show and uh, it depends on the show it's as yeah. many as there's something wrong yeah. like going back to Parks and Rec getting rid of the Mark Brandanowitz character changing the Leslie and Chris characters and introducing Chris Traeger and Ben Wyatt that's a lot of changes Ken because like, cause Leslie was basically female Michael Scott. Yeah, and, and and she was just like dumb, yeah. for the sake of it. Well, uh, she was she was never dumb. I think she was more kind of naive or or blinded by her own love of of public service. But that was the gag. It was like one dimensional. We were like we were laughing at her for being so so like stubborn and forceful about yeah. her her work. Whereas in the second season, they they kind of rounded those edges and we were we were to admire her dedication it was, it was no longer a joke it was admirable i think that was the fundamental change in the character that made that work but i think andy is just as much an important character because he was a a loaf uh, an aggressive angry kind of a mean mean-spirited man who is unlikable unlikable and lo- using poor poor Ann perkins 
and and in the second season he was a lovable dork yeah and that's just as fundamental a change that that really made that show work so i think there there is no set rule for the number of right number of changes yeah it depends on the show and how many problems it has <laughs> and if it can be fixed and that's true sometimes it can't sometimes it's just like the, the show central premise is so flawed it cannot can can't be fixed sometimes i think it's it's not even the second season i think like for me do, do you think like this is what i feel but like do you think shows burn out quicker due to the standard season being kind of like 22 to 25 episodes these days well it's been like that for decades but yeah <laughs> Uh, I know what like these days, like you know, like these guess. days in the last but, but fifty like, years. <laughs> like, for me, like you know, one of the things, like I, I, I invest a lot in BBC series, and they have, uh, you know, make some very good television. Six to twelve episode runs because they're smart about the runs. Like they don't outstay their welcome. And most like cable shows generally do thirteen episodes. Stranger Things. Did you watch Stranger Things? Uh, I have. I've yet to watch it, but it's on my list. Amazing, amazing show. Eight episodes. Exactly. You know, if that that show is the perfect length for the story it tries to tell. Exactly. It it nails it. It it tells its story and gets out rather than okay, we have our story to tell, but we have this many episodes to fill. Yep. So, Whereas network TV is just like we have this many time slots to fill on this many days, so we need this many episodes. So we'll have an arc, but we'll have like six episodes which are completely unrelated to it. Yeah. You know, just to fill the time. Get back to it. So. And so, and uh, in fairness, sometimes standalone episodes are great. Like Doctor Who yeah. does standalone episodes probably once every second week, yeah. even during a, a ten episode run or whatever. Yeah. And yet, still, some of Doctor Who standalone episodes are the greatest episodes in the history of the show. Yeah, Blink is one of my favorites. Exactly, and that's that's a, an episode that, in the long run, has a, a an effect on the broader Doctor Who narrative because those characters were introduced more and more. The, the, the Weeping Angels became kind of central to the plot as yeah. as I think they changed the Weeping Angels too much yeah Matt it's, Smith's run to kind of like different things for different episodes yeah kind of but me. in that first episode this was just this totally unrelated thing that barely had the Doctor in it so is a, a shorter season more conducive to longevity or is it just a t- depend on the type of show or? it depends on the show House yeah. of Cards is another one 13 episode seasons but like some of those middle like some of those like season 2 and season 3 you're kind of like for example would it be would it be as successful if it had a 25 episode season? House of Cards? Yeah. Not a hope. I don't yeah. think they could sustain it. Exactly. They, they, they wouldn't be able to carry that character in that plot for that long. They couldn't carry that character in that plot for that long for 13 episodes in season two. Some of those middle seasons got tremendously dull in the middle. Exactly. And you see a lot of writers kind of going like, well, we, we probably could have told the story in less episodes, but we had to fill the order. And Yeah. And it's understandable. <laughs> you make money. And the story suffers as a result and the, the show suffers. Um, I thought we'd finish off this section, Gary, but like maybe looking at some case studies. So maybe just one example of each. So, what uh, I I have one, one my examples, but uh, what what's one show for you that successfully navigated into their second season and and kept kept the standards up and kept the interest? Can I just talk about Parks and Rec some more? Yes, you can, Gary. It's aggressive. And I was going to talk about Parks and Rec, but I'm going to let you talk Parks and Rec. I'll too. leave you Parks and Rec, and I'll talk about Gravity Falls. I also have another example though, uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yes, I'm I'm going to shame you because you haven't watched Gravity Falls yet. Um, Gar, you gave it to me and it disappeared off my computer and I've been too lazy to get it since. Yeah. It's actually hard to get. It is. They haven't released it on DVD. It's annoying. And I bought the book, Ken. I bought the journal. It's a journal from the show. But Gravity Falls is another show that kind of had a specific enough concept. Yeah. Fair enough, it was broad in general at the start, but then when they started to focus it and it's like, this, this is about, there, there's something causing these mysteries in this town. 
so, these anomalies and yeah, yeah and and that became the central plot and i think gravity falls did a very good job of focusing that a lot more in the second season because as i said the first season was a little more broad it was just like look at this wacky thing happening and look at this this the, the freaking uh, boy band man and look at the video game character come to life ooh bottomless pit and and then toward the, the end of the season you had like waddles introduced and bill cypher introduced and the, yeah. these characters that became fundamental to the kind of central mystery of the show which was explored in a, a lot more detail in season two which mm. you haven't watched i've watched half season two i'm getting there watch the end get, get there. I will. It's the greatest show of all time. Not of all time. It's one of the greatest shows I of all time. I will say I introduced you to it, so you're welcome. Well, yeah, and then you didn't want to finish it. Why Why do you, you hate Waddles? Waddles hates you. Everything is different now. It's the best quote of all time. It is different now, Gary. I'm a manager now. I can't watch cartoons. Don't um, condescend me. <laughs> Don't condescend me. <laughs> uh, before I let you gush about Parks and Rec for a few minutes. I'm I'll gonna... leave Parks and Rec to you. I, I, I'm going to talk about Brooklyn and Nine-Nine. Okay. You can have Parks and Rec. I'll let you have your... Because you've been asking for this for a while. I'm gonna well, let you I, I, I've already done like 10 minutes on Parks and Rec. But Parks and Rec is a wonderful show. But uh, I think the reason why uh, Brooklyn and Nine transitioned so well from one season to the other. Because it stayed fundamentally the same. Which sounds like a bad thing. But yeah. like the, the core characters were the same. Just they upped the stakes. The stakes changed. And... They made very good use of, of um, you know, what's the word? Guest stars to keep it fresh, but not have those characters kind of be the overbearingly kind of the, the fulcrum of the show. Yeah, exactly. Outstayed or welcome or upset the balance of the show, the balance of the kind of... The... Do what we call a coach. Yeah, exactly. The, Gar- you're reading my mind. I was going to go there. <laughs> yeah. The, the relationships between the characters, the balance of, of, of the ensemble, which works so well in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, stays the core of the show. Yep. And that's why it's successful and that's why it's successfully transitioned through throughout multiple seasons. Whereas basically, uh you might not know about the origins of New Girl, but uh Coach was basically in the pilot of New Girl. Yeah, played by Damon Wayne Jr. Who quit to 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 commit to uh, happy endings because he was contracted at the time he had to go to happy endings. Mm-hmm. Um and they replaced him with Lamar and Morris. Who Lamar, played Winston. Who played Winston, who's basically a kind of a slightly changed version of coach. Yeah, they, they, at the start he was basically coach. Yeah. And then towards the end, like during the first season, it's basically like he, he he's not the same character. We have to change him. They transition him into kind of a, a different kind of role. Yep. But they then kind of confusingly they decided to bring in coach because Cappy Endings was cancelled, so Damon Wayne Jr. was available. So it's like, yeah, let's bring him back in. And he stayed for quite a while. First of all, he stayed his welcome. Yes. And second of all, he was there for a whole season. They had two of the same characters, so like when you, the car, the success of New Girl for me in the early days was the the relationship of the main cast. They all got the right amount of screen time, uh, and I had a, a really great chemistry and balance. And Coach just threw off the balance completely. Yeah, as in like season three, which he's in most of or four, three, yeah, three, yeah, was actually my least favorite season. And this season, I've actually liked a lot more. I've watched none of it. Even though... Uh, Coach has turned me off so much that yeah. I didn't watch a single episode after he was gone. Joy uh, uh, Deschanel is, isn't in a lot of it because she got pregnant and uh, was replaced by Megan Fox, which is actually, like, in my mind, it's like, she's not great. But, like, comedy is actually her wheelhouse. She does comedy very well. Yeah. It's probably because her face doesn't move. She's like a... <laughs> deadpan. She's like a deadpan. deadpan in a whole different way. But Coach... Uh, basically uh, caused New Girl to shit the bed that's my favourite phrase as yep. you know, okay. uh, and Brooklyn Nine-Nine maintained that balance while keeping it fresh with kind of new concepts new stakes and new 
you've got stars. And began to actually explore the relationships between the characters a lot more yeah. than it did in season one. So it's set up, basically... It's and Andre Barr was the greatest man in the history oh of the God, universe. Yeah. So basically, it's kind of like a game of bowling. They set up the Skittles in season one, and then they knocked them down in season two. Yep. And, like, Parks and Rec is a show that did a brilliant job of delving into these people's relationships, and they grew and they developed and be- became different people. You can yeah. see the development of the characters. Like, that's the problem with, with like, most sitcoms is that there is a stasis there that like it's never changing yeah. it's they establish this dynamic and even if you introduce new characters and new ideas it's the same kind it's, of like two and a half men it's exactly yep, it's always the same no matter what you do it always comes back to the same and, thing and they they, they th- and same with the big, big bang theory as well they think that that that's the success of the show and in fairness with the big bang theory the sameness is actually probably the reason it's so that, successful that's, that's the reason people like it it's comfortable yeah and they're so afraid to deviate from that that it's not anything. It just becomes empty media. Yeah, it's just, it, it, it's like uh, the Big Bang Theory is the perfect kind of sit there, turn your brain off. It's fine to sit yeah. there and watch. But, but Parks and Rec and The Office did the same thing. It lost its way a little bit because it went on for too long. The Office is terrible. Too many seasons. Nine seasons I, I, too many. I actively don't like The Office. What? I don't. I like Jim. I like Pam. And I like what's his name. Silence. What's his name? I don't know. Dwight. Dwight. You should have known that I meant Dwight, Ken. You should have known that. But the rest of the show's terrible. But these shows take you on a tangible journey, so these characters are in a completely different place and it may, uh, by, from the start to the end. And I don't sense. think that's true of The Office, though. I think the, the idea of The Office is they're stuck in the same place forever. <laughs> no, they turned. They, they all had kind of different endings. In it. The Office had a very good finale, Gary. You can't give it Yeah, but like yeah. Jim and Pam got married, but where did, I, like, where did Dwight grow? Dwight grew from a, an uncompromising jerk to, to slightly to less of an uncompromising jerk, <laughs> and he learned to love. Yeah. Whereas April went from this pouty, horrible intern who hated everything to this devoted public servant who secretly loved the people around her. Andy went from this this buffoon who who couldn't do anything to a guy who achieved things on his own and was a real man. Uh, Tom Haverford is my favorite character because he didn't go anywhere. He's a perennial yeah. business failure. <laughs> I love that. I think, and like that was the kind of like the like succeeding long punchline for him. Yeah, right? it's like everyone grew and became these these great different people and achieved great things. And then like in the finale, he's he's peddling his book about how failure is a great thing. <laughs> like how I've succeeded in failing. Yeah. Oh, I love that show again. I love it so much. It's it's if you've never watched Parks and Rec, I've said this on the show before, and I will say it again, and I will say it till the end of time. Watch Parks and Rec. It's one of the greatest shows of all time with Gravity Falls. Both one of the greatest shows of all time. Transition gear to Boomerang TV. Yep. Because uh, I, I break this into two categories. Categories. Shows that you started watching and for one reason or another put on the shelf indefinitely. Mm-hmm. Or shows that you watched a little of at the beginning but you didn't like it or it just didn't grab you so you gave up on it only to discover it's true brilliance later on. See, this happens to me all the time though. Yeah. Like uh, Master of None as yeah. he's on series Netflix. So. Great show. Watched like four episodes. Still haven't gotten back to it. Yeah. It Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Brilliant, brilliant show. Really smart. Yeah. Watched, I think, about 12 episodes. Haven't gotten back to it. Yeah. Uh, uh, Rick and Morty. A fantastic, like, weird, wacky, crass and brilliant show. Watched about eight episodes. Haven't gotten back to it. Steven Universe. The, this weird, uh, charming, really, like, like you want to hug Steven kind of show. I watched like 10 episodes. Haven't gotten back to it. All of these shows, based on what I've watched of them again, I've loved it. <laughs> But I just haven't gone back to them. Do you think it's a sheer matter of volume these days? There's just, just, just so much of it that it's just hard to know what you want or, or what to prioritise or 
or like it's it's just too much time, like too much stuff and too little time. Yeah, because when when you're you're balancing things you want to do, there are books, and I don't read many books, but every so often there's a book I want to read. So you know you got to balance books, video games. I have a, a boatload of them I haven't played that I want to play, and loads of them are great, and I want to play more of them. Then there there's TV. There's a never ending amount of TV. There's more TV than you could ever keep up with. Films again, more films than you could ever come keep up with. But it's just not the new stuff. You yeah. know, you always want to go back and watch stuff you already watched. There's stuff that you really yeah. appreciate and you want to re relive again because it's comfortable and yep. it's, it's familiar and you know what you're going to get with it we talked about this in a segment before as well yeah so uh, so it's like there's there's so much things and then if you're a pro wrestling fan ken that never stops exactly <laughs> that never ever stops but it's a good point because like uh, parks and rec was a boomerang show for me and there's sport the sport's yeah. a whole other category of things that fill your time there's as, so many things that yeah. take up your time ken as i said in the beginning when you're an adult you have to you know, work for money i'm an adult i work for money uh, but Parks and Rec in the beginning, I was like, I don't like this. I'm, I, I, I threw in the towel with it, and then I watched it. I watched the second season. And I was like, I love this. It's the best show of all time. The Office as well. Uh, the Office uh, was quite some of the same people, so they did the same kind of strategy of doing a six episode pilot Mike season. Sure. Mike Sure is the showrunner yeah. of the Parks and Recreation. Played um, Moe's in, yeah. in The Office. So they did like the six episode pilot season, which was like really low production value, really poor, and you're just like, no, not for me. I didn't like the the English office, and I don't like this either. Oh, Ricky Gervais. You see yeah. the... I, I haven't seen the film, but I've seen posters for it. Ricky Gervais's new... Um, what's his name? David Brent film? Yeah. Looks terrible. Looks like... Yeah. Like, that joke ended about 15 years Why ago. Why don't they just do more of The Office? Because yeah. he just... like he, he, he has that kind of arrogance about him where he's like, yeah, I'll just leave it there. Yeah. Even though you want more because I'm a jerk. I'll just do more of the character? Yeah. It's like... It wasn't the character people particularly it's liked. It's context. Yeah. And Although... It, one of the main characters in that uh, English gym was um, Martin Freeman who will not be available to. no he won't um, Doctor Who was another show I watched at first and I was just like nah bit naff no who, who did you who did you watch uh, Eccleston understandable yeah so I can understand how someone would watch Eccleston and go yeah as you notice as well Gary, I have yet to get back to Gravity Falls and Sleepy Hollow but you're a terrible horrible person I it's you. just it's just the thing that you say because like you prioritise stupid things like I've seen this before I, 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 I like come in from work and I kind of be that in that kind of lazy state and I was like turn on a big bang theory I've seen 15 times just because I don't want to challenge your brain challenge your brain and, and like, even like Gravity Falls doesn't challenge your brain but like you know what you're going to get so it's just like ah yeah. and it, it, it's on one of the available channels you don't have to do any work to yeah. put it on <laughs> a huge amount of it comes down to laziness for me but... <laughs> yeah exactly so I think I think the, the, the stuff is there and even the time is there I pretend the time isn't there but the time is there yeah time is always there I just have to kind it. of it's kind of like do you know when you have so much or something like it's like anything like you have so much work to do in college or you have so much work to do at work or you have so much like you, you let the, the the washing pile up you know or, or it or, becomes so overwhelming you want to do nothing exactly you're just like where do I start so I think that's what causes the, the boomerang effect for me Gareth yeah so there you go so are we having boomerang shows yeah do you have that's anything it. else you should watch Gravity Falls. That's all I have to watch. That's all I have to say. I'll get I'll, I'll, I'll come around to it again. Mabel. Like a boomerang. Mabel. Mabel is everyone's spirit animal. Mabel, who is uh, is every, who everyone should should strive to be. Uh, I'm gonna call my first kid Mabel. Are you actually? My girlfriend doesn't know about it yet, but she'll come around. What if it's a boy? Regardless of gender, <laughs> she's not even gonna go dipper. Which show is returning for their second season? Are you most excited about? Are there any shows at the bottom of your to-do pile that you've been meaning to circle back to? You can send us your TV thoughts on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash TWSKK. Or if you'd prefer, you can tweet us at TWSKK. Just time for one last break before we wrap up our show with the lowdown on next week's episode. Stay with us.
You're listening to the Weekend Show Podcast with Ken Kidney. Download a new episode every Saturday at soundcloud.com slash TWSKK or find us on iTunes. Okay, Olympians, that's our show for this week. Thank you, as always, for taking the time to click play or download on our humble podcast. You can normally find a new episode every week, um, starting from this week, of course. Hopefully. <laughs> Possibly. Aren't you going on holiday soon? Yeah, let's not talk about that. I'm also going on holiday relatively soon. We'll have loads of episodes. We'll have episodes, sometimes on Saturdays, sometimes on whenever. Sometimes in four weeks' time. But uh, if, if we do have them, you can definitely find them at soundcloud.com forward slash TWSKK, where you can also get your daily fix of podcast today, starring Garrett. Hey, hey, read the script. Read the script. Fine. Starring the wonderful, brilliant, captivating, fantastic, amazing Garrett Kidney. Thank you. Make sure to bookmark the link or subscribe on iTunes so you never miss any of the podcasts on the TWS network. Speaking of which, if you love the show and you need everyone to know that you are the trendsetter that discovered us and you're the, the cool dude that that's discovered this podcast what, what, what's Ken saying is we're perfectly fine with you hating us when we hit it big exactly so like you're like I knew them when they were cool and humble and nice <laughs> when it hasn't all gone and to our small, heads exactly <laughs> when they had like 10 listens a week but uh, if you want to write us a review on iTunes preferably uh, favourable that would be nice or just hit the 5 star button yeah you can be that lazy I do that on Etsy all the time I buy a lot of stuff from Etsy and it's like oh, review this guy and, like, and like, they do like, uh, no matter how good the service is and how wonderful the product is I'm like five stars <laughs> just there bash the button or bash the button on halo which is like the european uber it's like rate your driver and like has it stars. been bought by a german company yeah it's gonna change its name which i don't like anyway so be sure to go to itunes go quick before anyone else gives us the, the five star review you want to be the first because if you're the first we'll send you uh some signed eight by tens in the post <laughs> i should do that if you want <laughs> and gar will also draw something for you yes i will draw you a picture i made that promise no you can draw a picture of us and it will sign it yes and it'll be horrible stickmen <laughs> that look like they're dying. I'm a very good artist, Ken. Haven't you been like, oh, you're going to take a painting again? I bought books. Also, if you want to become a weekend show propagandist, you can bag some official TWS swag, including exclusive t-shirts on Redbubble. Check out our official shop on Twitter, Gar. Only if you want to. Only if you want to. I like the way you left the pause because you knew I'd come in with you only if you want to. Every week with this. Gar, just tell them where they can find us on Twitter so they can buy our stuff. You can find us on Twitter at TWSKK or on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash TWSKK. We also have a YouTube. I might update it. Yeah. Uh, it's been updated like this time last year, I think, was the last time. I think I updated it like two months ago. If you want to check it out see some of our old stuff, relive some memories, you can search TWSKK. Next week sees the return of Week Quiz as I test Scar's brain with uh, my quizzing prowess. I'm expecting something good. I'm up 1-0 from the last time, so I'm going to continue my streak and beat Scar. I already know what I'm doing for, for my next Week Quiz, so I'm on top of this. If I win next week, I'm just going to cancel the second. No, I want to make you do the thing I want to make you do. <laughs> we were brought to you this week by our sponsor, FIFA, because we are also morally bankrupt. Yeah. Week Joker. Shut up. Our theme music. Your is... delivery wasn't good enough. Jared, stop stepping on my read. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> this is the last episode of the weekend show. <laughs> Making him legit mad for just stepping on his read. God damn it. <laughs> Our famous theme music was by the very talented Mr. John. And until next time, say goodbye, Gar. Bye bye. Take it easy, everybody.